This episode is brought to you by Keeps. To receive your first month of hair treatment for free, go to keeps.com slash laser. And welcome to episode 308 of Vigigame Apocalypse, coming to you at the tail end of GDC week. Lots of news to talk about this week. I'm your host, Michael Raparas. Who else is joining me here in the Tyler Wilde Memorial Studio of the Airwaves? Chock full of 4K penis, Chris Antiste. <laughs> okay. Let me do another one. No, keep going. <laughs> Uh, gaming futurist and soothsayer, Matthew Allen. Is it soothsayer or soothsayer? Are you gonna... do, you, do you count him, Chris? We're five seconds in, he's already correcting me. <laughs> I'm not correcting, I'm asking a question. I don't know, that's a good question. <laughs> Fine, I'm just a gaming futurist. I am no longer a soothsayer. Fine, well, I'm a soothsayer then, or a soothsayer. <laughs> You're a soothsayer. You're I'm here a fucking to... Studio Ghibli character. I'm here to tell you about some moist schluters. <laughs> Come on. Did you see that image from Games Radar? Rudy Tootie, Looty Shooty? Yes. Uh, like, I've never wanted, I've never been a bigger fan of Games on, Radar, and I've worked there for seven years. Uh, on a review with no byline, weirdly enough. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so, yes, uh, Division 2 uh, Games Radar had a pretty glowing review of it, but that's not what we're going to talk about. We're going to oh, talk about. so much of it. Some other things. In the midst of GDC week, we actually have some big new releases, one of which is Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. And uh, I have heard that in Sekiro, your deaths actually impact the world to the point where the more you die, the worse off the world can become and you can actually lose quest lines and sort of paint yourself into a corner if you keep dying too much. And that reminded me of a, a bunch of games that have done something similar, if only in some cases cosmetically. But uh, as you make bad decisions, the world changes to reflect your morality. So uh, if you're playing The Witcher 3 and Geralt says a bunch of rude things during dialogue, oh, now there's a miasma and everybody's dying in the streets. That's how it works. Not that that doesn't actually happen. But no. yeah, we're, we're going to be talking about some... Worlds that change their appearance, some worlds that change the way that they react to you. Mm-hmm. Well, I, The Witcher is actually a great example of what we're not talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to stay away from things where there's lots of games where, depending on choices you make, you can cut off part of the game. I think The Witcher 2 is most famous for there's like hours and hours of content you oh, will yeah. miss, depending on choices you make. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about yeah, things we, we might like, keep that like in G- our back Not pocket, like though. GTA, where like you do an action and you hear about it on the radio. It didn't alter the world. Not, no, not, not in. It, it's, it's more. Uh, you you made Laszlo work harder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's more about things you start to notice, or yeah, the, the world reacts to you in an organic sense. How about that? Hmm. We we'll use that term. Sure. It's, it's. Remember when we did that show about games that let you heal the world, like, uh, like Okami Opening. and the Saboteur, where you like fight to reclaim order and and things become colorful and bright flower this is the opposite this is about games that let you corrupt the world 
I wanted to talk about flower again. No, we promote decay. <laughs> Sorry, I've, I've erased the term "healed the world" from my vocabulary, Michael. There we go. Oh. That's in spirit of this week's laser time. Oh, if gosh. you're mad, stay mad. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, we will get into our games that corrupt the fuck out of landscapes right after this. Nobody knows more than me that we're all getting older, and there is some visual drawback to that. Of course, I'm talking about losing your hair. It sucks. And two out of three guys will experience hair loss by the time they're 35. Oh, to be 35 again. Anyway, uh, that is where Keeps comes in. The easiest and most affordable way to keep the hair you have. These FDA-approved products used to cost so much, but now, thanks to Keeps, they're finally inexpensive and easy to get. Got five minutes and ten bucks? Hey, a hair loss solution is within your reach. Getting started with Keeps is easy. Sign up takes less than five minutes to do. Just go to their intuitive website and answer a few questions and snap some photos of your hair. A licensed physician will review your information online and recommend the right treatment for you and then will ship you what you need right to your door every three months. What are they shipping me? Well, Keeps offers generic versions of the only two FDA-approved hair loss products out there. Some of you have probably tried them before, but you've never gotten them at this price. Keeps costs only $10 to $35 a month. I know I was paying more than twice that 10 years ago. Plus, Keeps gives you your first month for free. From experience, I can tell you that it's one hell of a deal to keep your hair. To receive your first month of treatment for free, go to keeps.com slash laser. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash L-A-S-E-R. That's a free month of treatment at keeps.com slash laser. Keeps. Hair today, hair tomorrow. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. But we uh, were all ruined by the Leaving Neverland documentary? Hi, I'm Chris. Who is with me? I think we should take it off the air. <laughs> Nobody should see it. At its core... What's really disturbing about this is that it is a very typical story of groupies. Oh, yes. But everyone is six or seven right. years old. Yeah. Correct. And that's why it's because he made these kids fall in love with them, and then they fall in love, and he finds someone new, and he mm. fucks around with us. Oh, so no, but like you're saying, it's I mean, so that, that's what makes it even worse is that he had to jump through the extra hoop of tricking mm. the kids' families yes. you right. know, in order to, to win their trust. Yeah. And that just yeah. makes it so much more insidious. <laughs> Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. And we're back to talk about what? Uh, uh, corrupted worlds, but you promise me uh -huh. we can talk about Google's new gaming platform, which I predict will be shortened initial-wise to STD as we move forward. <laughs> you always cut out the vowels. No one's calling it the sta. STD. The best joke I saw on Twitter was, uh, they just said, and uh, soon to come from Nintendo, Pokemon Stadia 2. Oh my. Is it Stadia or Stadia? It's Stadia. Stadia. Yeah, Stadia. Like Stadium. Because it happens when I get off my rotation of angry YouTubers. It, yeah. I just have to read words. Now you can instantly share things on YouTube and uh, ensure that angry commenters can play with you directly. We'll get there. Or, yeah, or maybe get... design, a pla design a fucking console yeah. that's designed to work on YouTube. We'll get there. Uh, in, hey. in the meantime, let's talk about worlds you can ruin. Starting with... <laughs> Number five. New York City. 
25 square miles of crowds, concrete, crime so cold they'd wither the soul and freeze the blood. Millions exist here, walking streets that may swallow them whole or spit out their bones. Going crazy. What Who could the this fuck be? is that? That is Lawrence Fishburne. That is Lawrence Fishburne. I thought it sounded familiar. Is this... Well, he mentioned New York City. Is this uh-huh. true crime New York City? Oh, what an amazing guess. It's almost like I shared the answers with it you is, beforehand. It is. Uh, <laughs> yes. Is this the first true crime or was that This LA? is the second. This LA the was second. the first okay. This is the one I didn't play. I played LA and uh, played the spiritual successor, Sleeping Dogs. But ah, yes. Not this one. This was, from all everything I've heard, a big improvement over L.A. I think it, it maybe lost some of the goofy charm that L.A. had, but uh, it was still a pretty solid car crime game. I remember it looked it was like one of the only PS2 games that could run in like 480p, and it looked amazing at the time, which was 2005. Mm. This is a game you're playing as Marcus Reed, a former gangbanger who gets rescued and decides to clean up his act and become a cop. As you're playing as Marcus, you can make the choice to be a good cop and uh, bring in suspects, or uh, you can be a bad cop and just relentlessly kill people and criminals and civilians and other cops alike and uh, beat confessions out of them. I know what shipped inside these relics. Better start naming names. Look, I do purely academic work here. Do you have a death wish for both of us, officer? Please, just walk away. You have no idea what you're dealing with, pendejo. Start talking. Yo, I know that. That's a quick uh, quick slide from my purely academic to... I don't know what you're dealing with, pendejo. <laughs> I was going to say, is that the same interrogation? Yes, yes. What? <laughs> what was with the record scratch? I, I don't know. I thought maybe that's when like you affected the world. Instead of like no, no, the no. telltale thing, it's like so-and-so, will, pendejo will remember that. Yeah. It, it, it just does a record <laughs> scratch. No, what affects the world is actually there is a side activity that you can do. New York City is divided up in 20 different neighborhoods. And every one of these neighborhoods has like instances of street crime. And they all have a representative canceled Netflix Marvel show. Yes, yes, you're not <laughs> wrong. <laughs> Why can Spider-Man never go from Queens to help Daredevil in Hell's Kitchen? I don't know. Um, save it for the crossover mm-hmm. issue, of course. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. But uh, so the these street crimes, as they happen, if you don't, if if you just ignore them, then the character of the neighborhood will get visibly worse. Uh, you'll see more litter on the streets. Uh, stores mm. will keep shorter hours, so you can't go buy things from them when you want oh, to. That's right, because that was the big thing in this game that, like, all these accessible buildings, mm-hmm. like, it was trying to poke GTA in the eye. Yeah. Like, you want to walk in buildings? We hear you. We did it. You buy drugs now to, like, <laughs> heal yourself. I'm like, I would have just preferred to drive over something. <laughs> no. You could do that, too. Um, and, it, yeah, the, some buildings will be boarded up if the neighborhood gets bad enough. And uh, the the instance of street crime will skyrocket. And you can, uh, you, you can keep it from sliding if you solve a certain number of crimes in each district. But maybe it's more fun to just watch everything go to shit because that litter flying around is kind of cool. And yet, even at its worst... Not as bad as San Francisco, and not as much human feces on the streets as San- <laughs> yeah. real-life San Francisco. Yeah, that's true. Maybe it's more fun to imagine a world where the police solve crime once and for all. <laughs> <laughs> we did it. We beat crime. We, we can all it. retire. <laughs> None of us have jobs. 
Everybody take a nap. It's great. This this game, I, I forgot. Like, I didn't play it very much when it came out. So I missed a lot of uh, celebrity voice appearances. For example, uh, your mentor fairly early on who, you know, spoilers uh, in like the first half hour, he, he gets offed. Can I tell me what's up with that briefcase? Sure, if you need to know. Nah, man, it's cool. Bum that out in six minutes, you come in guns blazing. Alright, I got your back. Yeah, he doesn't make it. Who, who is that? That was Mickey Rourke. Mickey Rourke. Wow. This one it's so weird. All those New York movies, I love him in. He's like, this super high voice, you listen to me, you fuck. I'm the Pope of Greenwich Village. <laughs> yeah, and you hear him now and his face is suffocated by Botox. Ooh. and yeah, It's like the face spam. Sounds like he does in The Wrestler. Um, yeah. And you know, this might be an easier voice to recognize if you're like me and have a wife who watches a lot of Law & Order. It wasn't your fault. Forensic says it was a gas leak. Bullshit. Look, I know that you and Terry were close, Marcus, but you need to let this go. It's Navarro's business now. He's not going to let you touch it. No more OCU, huh? Well, maybe one day, but for now, you're back here with me, working street crime. I'm not putting those blues back on. Relax, it's plain clothes duty. You get to keep your shield as long as you play nice. Fuck that. I need to find out what really happened. Was that Mariska Hargitay? That was Mariska Hargitay. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Hargitay. Hargitay. Yeah. Oh, did you say Hardy Gay? <laughs> no, you did. Oh, whatever. Don't step on my new knife club. <laughs> Wasn't that Michael Myers' mantra in The Love Guru? <laughs> That's the only thing I know about that movie. I know nothing uh, about the movie. I win. But yes, you're... Uh, so your Mickey Rourke mentor, after getting you promoted to the organized crime unit, uh, gets himself blown up immediately and get taken off the OCU and put back on street crime. But like, as you heard, like, you're, you're still a detective, so you just go out into the streets and rough people up. And uh, at some point, you get to talk to this guy. We've learned that the club is run by five presidents, hence the very clever name. There's Lincoln. Hamilton, Jackson, and Grant. Then there's the eye atop the pyramid, Benjamin. Speaking of pyramids, there was a time I was deployed in Egypt. Let me tell you, don't ever get into a spitting contest with a camp. Anyway. Jesus. <laughs> that sounds so like Christopher Walken doing a Christopher Walken impression. <laughs> you never can tell with the editing on the video yeah. game voiceovers. Well, you're half right. It is Christopher Walken. <laughs> Oh, I thought it was Kevin Pollock or Jay Moore. <laughs> I mean... Maybe he did Christopher's pickup lines. Who knows? <laughs> like, yeah, we can't get Mr. Walken back in here. We need you, Kevin Pollock. Get it, take, take a five-minute break from that terrible uh, Fox News Christmas or whatever it's called. Just get in here. What? <laughs> this is where I say Kevin Pollock was the bad guy in a movie called The Country Christmas, which was just basically every stereotypical thing conservatives think liberals hate about Christmas. One of the brownies from Willow? Mm -hmm. oh. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he'd work forever. Is he fringing? Miss Maisel is great. Ah, uh, all right. I um, love that that's what you remember him for. Not A Few Good Men. Not Usual, usual Suspects. suspects. <laughs> Todd Hockney, I remember. <laughs> what the fuck is Usual Suspects? The, see how that feels? <laughs> you fuck kids, too. Not, not Kevin Pollock. Ah, oh, man. 
Uh, yeah, uh, this is a pretty good GTA clone, and it's kind of neat that they... That, that, that was kind of a hard feature to find information about because it was like heavily touted before release like in previews and then like mm-hmm. almost nobody talked about it when the game came out probably because they were just critical pathing it and this is like a side activity and, and, and how would you really know that's true that your game's being altered by your inaction or action because it's in the manual man I, I know i know i know but it's not something you can witness it's only something you can compare with other people mm-hmm. so like if there was a bigger internet I think people would have been sharing that shit all over. But, oh, yeah. like, what year was this? 2005. 2005. So, like, right before everyone got on social media and shit, and you could share stuff mm-hmm. very easily with your console. Yeah. yeah. I, think- That's, I, I sort of wish I played it, but I had that attitude of, like, I don't know. This is such a fucking GTA clone, but, like, it is Activision. So, it is big and ambitious mm-hmm. and capable of doing the thing we're talking about, which is hard and almost unnoticeable if you do it right. But I think that's the actual real problem, Chris. You talk about you didn't play this. I think if enough people had played this at launch, it would be in the zeitgeist, and that kind of thing would manifest, and yeah. people would hear about it. Mm-hmm. I don't think that many people played this game, which is why Activision let the franchise go. Yeah, a- after yeah. spending tens of millions on Sleeping Dogs, mm-hmm. which is weird. Yeah. And, and it's also not to be confused, I think this week's thirty twenty ten clip is from... Uh, uh, fucking Clint Eastwood's true crime movie. It's that's called True Crime, hmm. and uh, <laughs> Diane has a lot of funny things to say about Clint Eastwood's ass, and I just couldn't stop <laughs> laughing at that. Man. Ah, Jesus! All right, well, let's move on to something at least one of us have played. Number four. To think that once I could not see beyond the veil of our reality, to see those who dwell behind. My life now has purpose, for I have learned the frailty of flesh and bone. I was once a fool. This is Eternal Darkness, Sanity's oh. Requiem. That is the monologue that begins Pius Augustus's chapter. Uh, Pius Augustus being the first of uh, well, many historical characters that you play in that game, mm. who then becomes the villain for the rest of it. So, right. He discovers the Tome of Eternal Darkness and kicks in motions a series of events that, as we're told in the opening voiceover, have had mankind teetering on the brink of extinction for two millennia. Right. Uh, But yes, you might be wondering, like, well, the world in Eternal Darkness is neither open nor does it change necessarily, according to Mm -hmm. your actions. What it does do is, depending on how much time you spend fighting monsters and seeing scary things, your sanity meter will go down. And as your sanity meter goes down, uh, weird and terrifying things happen. This can't be happening! And as as much as it took years to program, <laughs> the thing is, it's like this game is really clever about the way that it messes with your sanity because it's not just in ways that would be scary to the character, but in ways that directly fuck with you, the yeah, player. It breaks the like um, you walking into a room and all of a sudden your character just explodes and falls over, and you're like, "What the, what the fuck yeah. was that?" And then it's like, "Ha ha, just kidding." Yeah. Uh, or 
it'll, uh, it'll flip the screen upside down sometimes. Yeah, like, it'll it'll just go dark and have like a video thing in the corner, yeah, like TVs yeah. used to do, or uh, like a little blue screen of death on a GameCube. Yeah. Happen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, or or a mute. The thing mute, will appear, or the yeah. volume indicator that did not match my TV's UI, so mm-hmm. I knew it was yeah, fake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my personal. So you're saying it, it's not so much the world that alters through the course of your play, but because of the sanity meter, your reality is fucked with. So yeah, well, depending well, on how you play, there's so, there's a character both. early on who lays it out. This is not my story, nor even the story of the Roivas family. It is the story of humanity. Like it or not. Believe it or not, as you will. Your perceptions will not change reality, but simply color it. Ooh! Wow. Fuck me. I was so close. We're so, so many close. levels. Yeah, you... But Michael, you were actually saying there is a thing that, depending on a choice you make yes. early in the game, will change that playthrough of the game. Yes. Right? So there are three evil gods, basically. Old um, gods. Old, Yeah, old gods that, uh, or elder gods. Elder I'm not, gods, old ones. I'm not sure how you'd describe them. But uh, Pius Augustus will align himself with one of them, and you you choose which one that is, and then it will determine the kinds of monsters that you meet throughout the game. Yeah. There's one of them who's like, uh, and and they they each represent like a different stat. Like there's one that's physical, so you'll meet these very tough, meaty zombies as you get through the game. There's another one that's magic, so you'll meet character uh, zombies that are like physically weak, but they're like blue and they have. I was going to say, I remember the color red for yeah. physical, blue for magic, and green was the last color. Yeah, I green was. Intelligence, uh, maybe? Maybe. I forget what but that was. But these are. It's very Lovecraftian, and that these are all these, like, elder, elder gods. Mm-hmm. And then the reason I knew that the monsters changed is because I played through it all three separate times to get the yeah. ultimate good ending, because you had to basically align with every elder god mm-hmm. to get the one true ending of the game. Exactly. And actually, in playing through it that many times, what I was telling Michael is, like, the reason I thought this game sort of qualified for the list is if you are good as you get good at the game and, mm-hmm. and on your second and third playthroughs, the insanity effects will occur a lot less often because you will know where you need to go. So you'll just run past enemies or you get really good at fighting them. And you'll kill them right away. And so the, those effects won't won't happen to you as mm-hmm. much. And so it actually, yeah, it's just it, it, it the trick wears off. I mean trick kind of wears off by the end of your first playthrough anyway and yeah. so it's good that this, this mm-hmm. that you see them a lot less but uh. actually my personal favorite was i think about maybe a third of the way through the game uh you get to some mcguffin that you're chasing and all of a sudden it just says like to be continued see you next time yeah. in eternal darkness sanity's redemption it's like a, <laughs> a teaser thing and that was a common practice at the time i know i've complained about this before so yeah. it really threw me it's like oh it's been like three hours come yeah. on True. I, what's weird yeah. is i can come up with all the sequel names in my head right now sanity's redemption uh-huh. sanity's revelation uh, sanity's origins mm-hmm. uh. <laughs> Sanity's revolutions the animatrix sanity no i can't you know I, I had a weird sanity's black flag yeah because you guys hey now so uh you, you guys uh with laser time uh or 30 2010 are either either you are going to be talking about the matrix soon i think Oh yeah, and uh, so it made me think of the Animatrix, which if you go back and, and watch that like Final Flight of the Osiris thing that was like incredibly expensive and made by the same computers that Squaresoft bankrupted oh, itself yeah. with for to make Final Fantasy Spirits Within, like that's what video game characters look like now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet that's probably the one that holds up the worst. I bet it does. 
But like the first two chapters, the story, the robots, I will get. I don't even know that we'll get to it on thirty twenty ten. I just want to see. Like I, I'm, I am rewatching the Matrix movies, and it's it's easier. It's way easier to be kinder to them now. Mm. Uh, now I mean, that you know ones, how they're going to disappoint you. <laughs> well, now that you know where they're going with it, but then there's a certain realization when you, you're watching. Like, yeah, I know you want the cool trench coat glasses and bullet time, but like. They told you where they're going to the hmm. into the real world where there's no fun. Yep, that's where the battle has to occur, yeah. and and it gets very serious. It gets very Battlestar Galactica season three pushes up glasses. <laughs> uh, Are you <laughs> saying that Joey Pants was right? That Joey Pants was the smartest character? Maybe in the he was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. having lived this long, absolutely. <laughs> if I could take a pill and just like. Be reincarnated as a Republican douchebag? What an easy life. <laughs> Dad gives me everything. It's amazing. So, yeah, Eternal Darkness Sanity's Requiem is great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I was going to say we had a laser time um, uh, w- with an interview with someone who worked at, um, oh, my God, Silicon Knights. Mm-hmm. Jillian uh, Spillane, and uh, he talks a little bit about what happened with Eternal Darkness, too. Mm. Uh, Which is just something that was in development for so long, I think, yeah. searching desperately for a second-party partner mm. and didn't end what, up finding What was this person's name? Julian Spillane. Did you say, Julian, you have some splaining to do? No, I didn't. Uh, I like his game, Use Your Words, very much, and I would never <laughs> fucking dad joke him like that. <laughs> I would. Every single time. Because you're a dad. Yeah. Yes? I'm not a dad. Yeah. I'm a daddy. There's a total difference. <laughs> Use your Urban Dictionary. I mean, Matt, Matt's a dad, but... Um, oh. Yeah, the, uh, man, it, I remember reading also, I think, with that big Kotaku expose saying that, like, apparently Nintendo is the main reason that Eternal Darkness was so good that they worked on a lot of it oh, yeah. to, to make it fun to play. Really? Mm-hmm. Yes. And prob- well, and, yeah, and probably ushered them through the um, intricacies of their hardware in a way that no other console maker would do with a developer of a game. Has that game ever received a PC port? No. It's locked no, on the GameCube, I mean, yep, right? Now. Forever. I bet it could if it still existed. But like, here's what I remember. About that game was like Nintendo. mad hype, sounded crazy interesting, and I'm playing it and I'm digging it. And then, uh, oh, Romans. Hmm. Never well, mind. Well, that's, that's, that's like so the short, first though. chapter, right? Yeah. That's the Pius Augustus chapter. Mm-hmm. I know, but it's just like, this is not what I thought the game was going to be. Sandals and loincloth? <laughs> Come on. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, I'm surprised because back when it was going to be an N64 game, that was like the only art they showed of. It was just like some yeah. blocky-ass centurion waving a sword around. Yeah. Well, they, they did promise it was supposed to be a journey through history. And it was. Yeah. yeah. It begins there, and then you play as a bunch of characters, uh, mo- several of them belonging to the Royvus family, which somehow it took me several years after release to realize, oh, that savior spelled backwards. And uh, not only that, but the main character, Alexa Roivas, uh, Alexander, or Alexandra in this case, is the, uh, I believe the meaning is uh, savior of man. So it's, she's savior, savior, son. This game actually is similar to a game that, uh, hear me out, it's similar to Bloodborne in some ways. Uh, Mm -hmm. Michael and I were talking Bloodborne with the insight system. Both games share a common Lovecraftian DNA. Mm -hmm. And one of the things in in many Lovecraft stories is the more you know about the true reality of things, uh, in in Bloodborne it's called insight, the more insight you gain, the more insane you start to become. Uh, Yeah, well, the more you notice uh, monsters that weren't there before or 
the more you can be hurt by those weird brain ladies that wander around out in the open singing. Yes. This all just sounds like 2019. Mm-hmm. No, so so yeah, literally in Bloodborne, like right Michael down said, to the weird brain ladies. there are certain events that will happen throughout the game. Um, there's some that you can manually do, like certain actions you can take that will grant you more insight. And then there's others that just happen. I think it's like every time you enter a boss room, you, you gain an insight or something like mm-hmm. this, um, where it's a type of currency. Uh, but the more insight you stack up, the more you will start to see. At one point, uh, I guess sort of spoiler alert, there's this giant monster that you cannot see that there. there's one section of the game if you just stand in a certain spot, this big hand will kind of grab you. And, yeah, and, there's several places like yeah, that. Yeah, where later in the game, the more insight you have, you then see that monster and know, well, this is why I shouldn't have stood there because mm-hmm. that's the thing that was yeah, grabbing yeah. me. What the fuck? And then you can use that currency, though, to buy things at a certain shop in the um, Hunter's Grave. What's the what's the hub world called? Yeah, the, the Hunter's, Hunter's Dream. Dream Hunter's yeah. Dream. And then you can also spend insight to uh, summon other players for co-op or to summon NPCs for co-op. And so... In the late Bloodborne game, it can become a bit of a balancing act of how much insight do you want to build up to see certain things versus how much do you want to spend as currency. Because then it also it affects certain things like frenzy uh, and the beast, uh, your prone the beast stat and all this stuff. Like it's, I mean, it's it's Bloodborne, right? There's all these complex interwoven systems which makes it great. Um, but yeah, very similar in that uh, they both have this Lovecraftian DNA they share, which is. The insanity. The more you, the more you see past the veil of reality into the mm-hmm. true reality, yeah. the, the less you will like it. So this one's probably our biggest stretch because it's not necessarily the world being affected by your actions they, indirectly. It's the world being affected by you doing what you think you're supposed to do. Right. Yeah, but look up the definition of reality, man. Yeah, man. And it's different yeah, for everybody on every playthrough. How do I know that the green I see? is the color green you see, man. You don't. The color green you see is the color purple I see. With Oprah what Winfrey. You're is residual self-image. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I also just rewatched The Matrix. Neo. It's really good. <laughs> it's really good. Hot take I'll, I'm going to use later on. It's our generation Star Wars. Mm. Eat it, everyone. Eat eh, it. Maybe. With diminishing sequels. Hey, it's the same thing. Star Wars didn't hold up as well over time. Although that first movie is not bad, considering it's a 99 techno thriller. It's it's fucking great. I thought Star Wars was my generation Star Wars, but okay. Some of us weren't born when it was out. (laughs) I wasn't born when it was out. One of you wasn't born. (laughs) Well, yeah, I was born the year after. Yeah. Anyway. I'm old. How you use what I have given you falls upon you, as it has to the others before you. And now I return you to your world, but know that I will be watching with great interest. Hmm, you've got a blasé guy who gives you powers. What could this be? Uh, here's another hint. Oh man, nothing? Why don't you just tell me the game you want to talk about? It's Dishonored, you oh, louts! Oh, <laughs> this is Dishonored. It's not on the list, I just... That's that's a game I started like fifteen times huh. on multiple platforms, and I've never finished. But I love mm. love Dishonored. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. super good. And uh, yeah, I, I've definitely seen the changes. Now, I think both Dishonored one and two do this, where yes. 
depending on how you play through it, um, the the thing you're affecting is called chaos, mm -hmm. right? And so the more you straight up uh, just attack people and don't use stealth, mm -hmm. the more it increases chaos, which will do things like well, the way you notice it is you start to see a lot more rats. Oh yes, <laughs> there's rats so everywhere. Many more rats. Uh, I cheated a little bit. I think that's a power called Devouring Swarm, where you just yes. call up a bunch of rats. But uh, yes, there are a lot more rats. The rats are dangerous. They will swarm you and other people and eat them. Uh, if you, I, I discovered this the hard way. If you toss a corpse or a even an unconscious body in a place where rats can get to it, it will be eaten and it will count as a kill. Um, because I was uh, Dishonored too. I was actually playing trying to do low chaos by just doing non-lethal takedowns, but uh, realized like halfway in, it's like, oh, I'm doing high chaos because I'm fighting everybody. It doesn't matter if you kill them or not. It still contributes to high chaos. Oh. So, but I thought if you knocked them out and put them to sleep, it didn't contribute. Nope, still contributes. That's the thing is it's not really upfront about the system. Mm -hmm. And it's, yeah, you have to learn this as you go along. And by the time you notice and learned it, it's too late. You're already in the middle of a high chaos uh -huh, playthrough. Uh -huh. You can't you can't really reverse it at that point. But yeah, the more that you uh, get spotted, the more that you fight, the more that you kill people, the more that you murder your targets instead of uh, shipping them off to whatever fate's worse than death you can cook up, uh, the more it contributes to that chaos. And the plague that your city is under spreads. Uh, you do, you see more rats. You see more sick people. You see more guards out in the streets, more enemies. Right. Uh, which is really just like, eh, more cannon fodder. Yay. I do remember talking to the developers. Um, is this Arcane Studios? Yes. Before the, the second game shipped, and they'd said, yeah, you know, unintentionally um, with Dishonored 1, it sort of felt like they were trying to steer people toward a certain way of playing, and they wanted to eliminate that for the second because they, they felt like, hey, fighting your way through is just as valid a choice, but it's still to me, feels like the wrong way to play those games. Mm. Like, it really does feel like they're saying, now you should be playing through these as stealth. Now, two had a little bit of that difference in that you could play the two different characters. And one what one's powers more lent themselves to stealth. Uh, and then Corvo, the, the character from the original, who you also got to play as, his, his powers did more lend themselves to combat. So mm -hmm. it was like they were sort of giving you permission, but not quite, you know? Yeah. I think I think I think you need to finish this, Chris. I think you need to start a playthrough and just be like, "Man, I'm gonna I'm gonna get through this because it's pretty amazing." No, I I fucking loved it. It was one of my favorite. Um, it was one of my favorite. Well, I don't want to say favorite things on that generation of games, but like in terms of like the last two years, of the platform that shit was amazing. I think I think went largely ignored, and I really want to play two so bad. Yeah. So that's why I keep like two's really good. And the thing that I've always heard, I mean, I, I always do low chaos because I, I guess I'm a wuss when I play video games. But uh, I, I like the idea of non-lethal stealthy takedowns more because I, I don't know, maybe Solid Snake taught me. But the high chaos path, even though it's the bad way to go, is like a hundred times more fun because you get to use all your powers and just be like. You know the the ninja flipping out and killing people. Yeah, um, yeah, and I think they do intend you to play through that game twice at least to mm -hmm. see both yeah. ways. Yeah, because yeah, the high chaos stuff. The, some of those powers are awesome. Where it's like 
at, at one point you do become this ninja that can just warp from enemy enemy to enemy, stabbing them, killing them, oh, and just yeah. like warp your way around the levels. But yeah, so they kind of they incentivize you to kill in this game, but then they de-incentivize you saying, well, it's going to be a higher chaos playthrough. Yeah, and but what about the anything. Empress? Don't you want to save her? <laughs> you need to because she's in the second game. Yeah, exactly. Canonically, that's the ending. Have you, have you played the standalone uh, expansion? I've played it. I have not finished it. Yeah. Okay. Because I'm bad at things. How, how does that one differ from two? Because I, I played one and two. I haven't played the standalone. I mean, they're pretty similar. I know that there are some pretty key gameplay differences, but I just don't remember what they are off the top of my head. Probably the powers, because it's, yeah. it's an all-new character. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're trying to kill the outsider. It's it's uh, Billy Lurk, who's actually not a new character. She's been in both games, just not playable. Not before. playable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but what was I going to say about this? Oh, yeah, that uh, even even more fun, the rats from the first game, which would just appear in greater numbers the more you played in High Chaos, are replaced by something even worse in the second game, which are blood flies. And what they'll do is they'll, like, just build hives in abandoned apartments, and sometimes they'll have, like, in, enslaved humans as their keepers. So they'll just be, like, these zombies shuffling around, like, oh, make the pain stop. Get out of here. Yuck. Yeah, they're pretty nasty. Um, but are they as nasty as the things you'll find in here? Number two. Chris is bored already. Oh, God. I'm glad you came. Just turning up shows your commitment to the process. Good. I've read your notes. The other therapist didn't work out for you. I want you to know this will be different. We take this at your pace. No notes. No drugs. No theories. We go back to the start. Understand what happened. No notes, no drugs, no theories, just totally unqualified medical assistance. No fun. <laughs> this is this is what? Like a crack down the telltale game? <laughs> that like, and no. that is Michael McConaughey. It's it's the agency director, but uh Good job, Michael. This is a game that I think we've we've probably set a record for talking about on podcasts. Yeah. This is Sharded Memories. Yeah. S- Silent, Silent Hill, Hill Shattered, Shattered, Memories. Shattered Memories. The one of the underrated best games in that whole series. Mm-hmm. And the the changes <laughs> the Long Dead Silent Hill series. Yep, sadly. But the the changes to this game, they're twofold. And what the game does is it it builds a psych profile of you. It first has you answer a questionnaire and it will periodically stop to kind of ask you various psychological questions, but it also pays close attention to the way that you play and the things that you focus on. And like, do you try to go directly into buildings? Do you search around for alternate routes? How much time do you spend trying to solve puzzles? Uh, are you staring at this woman's tits while you're talking to her? Are you looking her in the face? Um, it's a predecessor to Stadia. I understand. It's just <laughs> gathering all the data. Gotcha. It's, it's gathering all the data in ways that you maybe aren't noticing and it uh, throws this back at you to try and like it, it has, I think, four different psychological profiles that are possible. And it will, depending on which one it decides you fit into, throw things at you that are calculated to repulse you. And a big part of that comes in these fun little guys. <laughs> Oh, my God. 
So the, those are the the only monsters in Silent Hill Shattered Memories are they're called the Raw Shocks, which is Get a it? play on yes. Raw Shocks, Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> but they're these these weird, excuse me, they're these weird fleshy creatures that uh, will run after you in the Nightmare Frozen world and try to grab onto you and leech all the heat out of your body, eventually killing you. And uh, depending on your playstyle, they will adopt different forms or combinations of different forms. There's uh, feminine, where they have, like, exaggerated uh, boobs and butts. Uh, hey, big yeah. boy, why don't you come over here and scare me up? <laughs> but they, they all look <laughs> like, uh, like you know, creatures made out of rotting ham or something. They're all purpley and veiny. Um, there's diseased, where they develop big, fleshy, bloated tumors. Uh, abstract, where they're like sliced into pieces and have holes at weird angles, and uh, atrophied, where they're sort of like shriveled and decaying, and it's it's really just like what do you what does the game think you'll find most unsettling, and then it throws that at you. Yeah, and huh. that's not just reflected in the monsters, but also in the ways that it presents its mostly female supporting cast. Again, depending on what it thinks you'll do, it'll um, like. One character that it wants you to be attracted to will be like, okay, do we think that the player will be more attracted to uh, an introverted woman who maybe dresses conservatively or like a really extroverted woman who uh, wears a, a flashy red dress and will... Yes. Uh, was yeah. that too quick? <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll present that character uh you know, that whatever version of the character we think will appeal to the player. How much you want to oh. bet Chris thought of Jessica Rabbit when you said that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think no you're way, right. man. Lola Bunny, I'm with the kids on this. <laughs> <laughs> um, but one of the characters is uh, Sybil, uh, the, the sheriff or the the highway patrol officer. What is she? I'm not sure exactly. She, she's a cop. Uh, and what's interesting is like there's a video that you can find with one of the creators explaining how they picked Sybil, and so. If the, the player has indicated that they maybe have a problem with authority, maybe don't like cops, the version of Sipple that they'll be confronted with is a very kind and helpful one and professional. You okay, sir? Not a good night to be out and about. I'm looking for my daughter. Take a seat. If, on the other hand, the, the player indicates a trust in authority or likes cops, they will throw a complete hard-ass Sybil at you who's maybe dressed like a, a sexy slob. I need your help. Car stuck in the snow? Need help dethawing your windshield? It's my daughter. She's missing. She run off? We were in a car accident. When I came to, she was gone. Car accident? And where did this happen? The highway, just outside town. I came off the verge and ended up in the junkyard. My daughter's missing. That road's not in my jurisdiction. What? You want state police. You're kidding. Nope, she's not kidding. She's just a jerk. Ah, <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh, that... That to me is, is fascinating. So I know what the I know what the raw shock you know the ones that present as female. That's it. That's if you like yeah stare at mm -hmm. female breasts and stuff in the game. And I know the disease ones come from like if you focus on drinking and smoking and these type of things, right? Mm -hmm. Like, what is the abstract one? What is that caused by? Well, I am looking at the wiki right now, okay. and uh, this trait is associated with the love-lost ending, which can be obtained by being what would normally be understood as a good and caring person and focusing on finding your daughter without any distractions. 
Okay, so critical pathing it. So mm-hmm. every game reviewer saw that version. Yes, of the monster, yes. So probably. so being being focused, they send you unfocused enemies. Kind of. Oh, yeah. yeah. What was the atrophied one caused by? The atrophied is uh, associated with the wicked and weak ending, which can be obtained by being distracted by trivial things and focusing on being what one would typically see as uncaring and rude. So checking your phone a lot as uh-huh. you play. Okay. Yeah. Or just so like everyone listening on their phone, yeah. <laughs> focusing on like what is this toy in the corner that has no bearing on anything and is clearly just part of the <laughs> set dressing. <laughs> really. Mild spoilers, but each of these play styles is kind of determining what kind of a dad are you, really? Uh, Are you a dad who cheats on mommy? Are you a dad who's a mean drunk? Are you a dad who's who's actually dedicated and worthy of the worship and admiration that his daughter has for him? Or are you just a kind of uh, apathetic scumbag who doesn't give a shit about anything aha uh-huh. this is a trick question <laughs> and is playing video games instead of spending time with his kids this is a trick question because you're not any kind of dad no spoiler alert I, you're a player <laughs> pursuing an objective but no I i'm thought- a helicopter i'm a helicopter dad and by that i mean vic morrow <laughs> i thought you're gonna go jan michael vincent <laughs> yeah <R&P. laughs> did he just die yeah, yeah. he died Oh, so that's right. He died and no one noticed for a month. That's <laughs> yeah, Michael that, up your Vincent's. That, that was Michael, right. Like, Jan Michael Vincent is dead. It was like, yeah, his his uh, publicist confirmed that he died last month. Like, what? He's one of those celebrities, though, where everyone's like, hasn't he been dead? Like, you just mm. he disappeared. No, but what I was referring to is the endings of this game. Mm-hmm. Because this game, you... Isn't it that the yeah, ending... Spoiler, like spoiler. Big spoiler yeah, here. Yeah. Fast forward a couple minutes if you're interested in playing this game. Anyway, there, there, is, there is no dad. And the reason the game's called Shattered Memories, right, is you're, yeah. you're, it's your daughter remembering... Yeah, you are your daughter in a uh, psychiatrist's office remembering her father. And right. so you're, you're a fi- you, you play through this whole game as a figment of her imagination. Right. Unless you get the, the fifth secret ending, in which case your daughter is actually a small dog. And the <laughs> right. psychiatrist is... A, an alien who is also treating uh, James from Silent Hill, too. Right. <laughs> but that's why the raw shock, it's very interesting. Uh, I guess the the meaning of those is that they are they're meant to repress her memories to mm-hmm. so that she can focus more and remember her dad longer. Like basically their whole job is to keep you from finishing the game. Right. Mm-hmm. So these in this fr- world of frozen memory. Right. And so these things are meant to attack him, to keep him there, to keep him in her memory so that he doesn't finish the thing and have her ultimately come to that realization of, oh, my dad's not around anymore. These, mm. this, this is just me trying to remember him. Yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't really thought of it that way, but that's an interesting read on it. Again, just read it from the wiki. Yeah. So. Ah, okay. <laughs> uh, but yes, it also does change certain aspects of the world, I think, like where you, what doors are open to you, what uh, certain parts of the makeup of the town are. Like, is this business one thing or is it another thing? Um, yeah, so... Anyway, this is a really good this game. This entire town is sex shops and porno Yeah, exactly. Shops. What the hell? Everyone should play Silent Hill Shattered Memories. It is great. Uh, it is underrated. It is on PSP, PS2, and Wii. Okay. Uh, which, if you still have one of those hooked up, great job. Um, <laughs> play it, why don't you? If that's all you have hooked up, you probably yeah. don't listen to this show. So. <laughs> but a uh, more recent game to talk about. England's most esteemed blood specialist returns to London a vampire. (sighs) That word again from a so-called man of science. 
I understand, traditionally the role of science is to refute myth, but when myth walks among us... Vampire! Vampire! Okay, well that clarifies how you pronounce this game, because I, mm-hmm. I went back and forth, is it vampire or vampire? See, when it's just with a Y-R and no E, I'm, I'm tempted to just say it vampire, but yeah. uh, maybe maybe the game is meant to be pronounced vampire, but since you're in London, everyone just says vampire. Vampire! Or I think econ or econ or whatever it is they call themselves. Right. Yeah. Which relates to a pre- uh, recent episode of Laser Time, which is all about plague movies, where Chris, mm. right. I think vampirism counts as plague movies, depending on how it's treated. It, it definitely does in this. It does in video games. Yeah, and a lot of the time in the, in the Elder Scrolls games, Did I say it vampirism. Didn't? Uh, you guys weren't you were undecided, but in the Elder Scrolls games, vampirism is definitely like it's a disease that you catch while you're still alive. Mm-hmm. Which, which by the way, I agree with you. That is the ultimate deciding factor. If it's a plague thing or a zombie thing, is do you have to die yeah, that, first? That's what was interesting to talk about because a, a zombie is not too dissimilar from a floating disease, whereas a vampire has a sentient being with intent and in, um. Uh, willpower behind it. Mm-hmm. So it could maybe not infect you. A zombie can't not bite you. Yeah. Uh, Brad Pitt sucks the blood of rats uh, just so he can avoid eating people. Oh, Louis. He's so tragic. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Lestat does not give a shit. Meanwhile, oh, Brad Pitt should fuck. have played Lestat and Tom Cruise should have been Louis, but I digress. I, I, I read the disagree. Books. Yes. Uh, anyway, back to the video game vampire. Yes. So, so, so this you, is like a plague in this game. You mentioned plague. Yes, it is. This is uh, big on plague imagery because you are a doctor. The who, recent one, not the Xbox yeah. exclusive one. Right. Yeah. The recent one by Don't Nod, uh, creators of Damn, uh, Life is Strange. Yet. Life is Strange. And what's the Remember Me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Remember Me. Yeah. And it's so you play it, a doctor who comes home from World War One. Uh, gets bitten and turned into a vampire during the Spanish influenza epidemic, which is represented as like a black death level plague in London where like bodies are just stacked in the streets. There's dead people and misery everywhere. The flu is no joke, dude. The flu is still a major killer to this day. I think what last year in the United States, 20,000 people died from the flu or some shit like that. Sure. Like it's, it's serious. Yeah. But, I mean, well, the Spanish influenza was especially serious. It killed a lot of people. Well, nobody expected but I, it. But I don't think it was quite like they're throwing... <laughs> I was <laughs> tripping over myself to make the same joke. <laughs> that took me a second. <laughs> um, but I, I don't think it was like bonfires on the streets onto which we're hucking wheelbarrows full of bodies level. I'm not dead yet. <laughs> uh, knew, God, I knew I could put another Python reference in there. But uh, th- this is, uh, I-, I haven't played a lot of this game, but its approach to this is so interesting that I had to in not only include it, but put it at number one. Because this, this is sort of epitomizing what I'm talking about. And what you were just talking about with a vampire being a sentient being with intent. Because in this game, you are a vampire, obviously. And you are a doctor. And you will meet a lot of people over the course of the game. And have uh, conversations with them and get to know them. And the thing is, the more that you help them, the more that you get to know them, the more powerful their blood will become. So you can cultivate people to the point where they will make you really powerful if you drain them and kill them. Uh, But maybe by that point, you will actually like them and not want to kill them. And so it's it's this dilemma that it's, it's the... Uh, the little sisters in Bioshock writ large and that like, no, you're actually getting to know these characters. And it's like, well, 
you ready to kill them now or are you going to keep them around? And there's an added dimension in that a lot of these characters are pillars of their community. They are important figures in their neighborhoods. So as you it's in your interest doctors or cops or i don't know like i mean neighborhood watch people you you will uh be attacked by vampire hunters pretty frequently so uh i guess you can try and eat them but uh the, the thing is like yeah as if you kill these people uh it can deal a disastrous blow to their neighborhood if you keep them alive and keep them healthy checking in on them constantly to make sure like Okay, your illness hasn't progressed to something worse. You haven't uh, died inadvertently. Then you can keep their neighborhoods healthy, and the blood of the people, the other people in those neighborhoods, will be healthy. But if you kill them, you uh, it's it's catastrophic for the neighborhood because they're prominent. Like people uh, don't know what happened to them, uh, and it's like it's like a high crime thing where things exponentially get worse. You'll see more monsters walking the streets at night. Uh, yeah, there are these monsters called skulls that are basically like zombified vampires. I think being a doctor is sort of the perfect cover for a vampire. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't want to point out, though, basically that's Carlisle Cullen from the Twilight series. So this game is, is ripping notes from a fairly recent vampire phenomenon. I wouldn't know. I didn't <laughs> yes, pay attention to those movies. Yes, you would. You, know? you were the one describing every book to me in detail, and you were so pissed off that the movies were so different than the Lies. last books. But you do get to actually have consultations with patients. How do you feel? I can't see. I can't move. Oh my, my body's burning. I feel as if I'm dying over and over again. Neuralgia. <laughs> it's the early 20th century. Here, drink some cocaine potion. Well, it's yeah, it's a good thing that most cures for most de- diseases back then were just bloodletting. It's, ah, well, I need, need to drain oh, your blood now. It wasn't that quite a... Well, early 20th century, did I say 19th? I think, well, I, I was, yeah, I it's guess, like, I guess yeah, first, right. first World War, Spanish influenza, it's like 1916, 17, something like that. Okay, yeah, I, I just... Yeah, I don't know why I was thinking. Maybe it's the London type setting thing. I, mm. I was thinking it was 19th century. No, 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 no. Yeah. But yeah, no, early, early 20th century. So you know, science has evolved beyond bloodletting, but maybe not that far. Has it though? <laughs> I'm still not sure that it has. Like my doctor keeps telling me to keep my humors in balance, and I'm not sure what he means. <laughs> yes, make sure you don't get cancer. Where the solution is to give you more cancer. Uh-huh. <laughs> This is, this is kind of part Life is Strange style adventure game where you're mm. managing these relationships. And it's also part uh, hack and slasher where you're trying to navigate the streets and you're running into a lot of uh, bad people. Hoping a don't nod would do because I, I love Life is Strange, but the more sequels they make to it, the less I care because mm. I don't really want to navigate that, that 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 simple of a situation again. Like, what would this? I, I, I'm totally forgot this existed. I'm kicking myself. I'm just waiting for the Jose Gonzalez song to kick on and for me to chill out in my bedroom, being a vampire, mm-hmm. just getting brooding over. No, I guess you guys didn't. Is that a Red Dead reference? What are we talking about? No, it's a Life is Strange reference, assholes. Jose Gonzalez. (laughs) Oh, okay. The kid from the new one? No, he's the singer that sings... Never mind. All right, whatever. 
I listened to that soundtrack the other night. It's yeah. a, love the soundtracks from Life is Strange. Yeah. But then yeah, I was wondering why more people didn't play this game. Like what? It's weird. Like it, I mean, it I came out. It existed pretty recently. Right. It was last sort year, of, right? Or was this 2017? I want to say it was oh, late last year. Almost a year ago. Um, but yeah, it was kind of under the radar, and it's kind of one of those things that like you look at, and it seems like a solid seven out of ten. Mm. Um, but the neighborhood stuff you described—that's all fascinating. Like that, those are the kinds of uh, types of games I would love to play that are trying something new and maybe aren't—they won't get reviewed quite as yeah. highly because they're not as traditional. It like, was June fifth of last year. Okay, so yeah, not not as recent as I thought, but still. Nah. Ah, we got distracted with E three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's surely, it. surely surely that's it. Yeah, and don't call me Shirley. Uh-huh. Um, no, I kind of want, now. Goes. Now that you mentioned the neighborhood stuff, I, yeah, and the fact that you can let people live or die, and that'll affect the game. That's all super cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Huh. That's that's a fast. <laughs> that's a fascinating concept for a game like choosing who lives or who dies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think based based on my very brief impressions of it, like the the hack and slash gameplay is not that great, but okay. the uh, the actual conceit of like you're a vampire doctor and you have to cultivate your own potential victims as characters and help them with their quests and also if you kill them uh, you will lose any side quests that they might have had to offer that can also happen if their neighborhoods go to shit we call that grooming nowadays Michael Mm -hmm. yes that's the hardest thing about being a vampire. Can you imagine if you had to like date every cow you ate (laughs) (laughs) that would be exhausting Ooh, this one has a family. <laughs> you know, it's it's interesting though. This is by Don't Nod because adventure games. I think a lot of them promise what the premise of this show is, which is the choices you make will ultimately affect the world. Mm. But ultimately, that ends up being an illusion most of the time. Like like the Telltale games are, are notorious for this, where yes, some choices you make along the ways might mean certain characters are there or not along that journey, but ultimately they always have to sort of yeah, end up coming the around. The story doesn't change. Yeah, mm. the, the final resolution of the story, you have to come around and kind of have some common ground for the most part. Nobody got to play as Lee in season two. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Except <Nobody>. you. <laughs> Except for me. He has that rare copy. He's willing to sell it I to you. I know people. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so the fact that like an adventure game, well, I guess a studio known primarily for adventure games, is trying something like this isn't necessarily surprising because that that's hmm. a pretty common thing in adventure yeah. games. Yeah. It's something I'd like to see more of, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. It sounds like, what was that? Senua's Sacrifice? Hellblade. Sacrifice. I, I considered Hellblade. Yeah. Hellblade, though... The world doesn't necessarily change depending no, on... No, 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 not at all. Do. But I was saying just in terms yeah. of like a studio that that seemed like uh, that, that burst onto the scene with their only option being a $60 AAA game published by a major publisher is just like, nah, something a little smaller with like a possible, you know, risk of moderate failure, but will be interesting nonetheless. Yeah, that's Ninja Theory. Yeah. Ninja Theory did well, that game, man. Also, it's interesting. I know, I know, but like they, they, they released a $30 game that was short yeah. and weird and not for everybody. Yeah, right. And but, now they they got bought by Microsoft, so it worked, paid but off. Since you bring it up, it's interesting that we've talked about two games that uh, you know with Bloodborne and uh, Eternal Darkness. They kind of had like these almost fun approaches to insanity, to, to mental illness, where it's like, yeah, now you see crazy ass monsters that weren't there before. Senua's Sacrifice is a much more nuanced and accurate view of mental illness, where yes. it's like it's not that you're yeah. seeing things that aren't there; it's that you're. Uh, ascribing weird symbolism to the things that are there. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 
with voices talking to you and mm-hmm. literally monsters and inner demons yeah. that you're fighting. It's it's as much about your interpretation of the environment as it is about like what's is this actually an adventure on the road yeah. to hell? I did consider yeah, this is with no fortune. <laughs> I did. I mean, Hellblade. We were talking about it does have that thing, and I remember when the game was coming out. One of the big things they focused on in the PR was, oh, this game has permadeath. And, you know, it was like if you die a certain number of times, uh, that disease that you kind of have on your yeah, arm. that weird corruption of, creeps yeah, its way up. Yeah, it creeps its way up. But then ultimately that ends up sort of being a, an illusion. It doesn't – there is mm-hmm. no permadeath in the game. It was – it's I think it's related to the insanity thing. Like you just mm-hmm. think it's going to happen. Yeah. So. Yeah. That, uh, so we, we definitely considered that for this list and said, well, it doesn't – that doesn't actually end up changing the world around you that much. Right. The world around you is always creepy and fucked. (laughs) True. I mean, we all hear voices, right? Sure. Yeah. Oh, anyway, that's been our top five. We're going to take a little break. And when we do, we'll come back and talk about some news, some new releases, some other stuff. So stay tuned. In times of turmoil. In times like these. Get scratching. Is the world of today getting you down? Well, then why not check in on some of the good stuff that happened this week in movies, TV, games, and more 30, 20, and 10 years ago this very week with our show 302010. Here's a clip from 1999. Clint Eastwood. You're not really sure, are you? True crime. Oh, a hard-boiled man living in a world he barely recognizes. <laughs> That's, uh, I just imagine him like typing out his news articles with like two index fingers, <laughs> hunting and pecking on the yeah. typewriter, looking at his, his weird his Clint Eastwood's weirdo six-pack that like has kind of drooped like Sylvester Stallone's mouth because he always takes his shirt off and everything. Anyway, uh, he does take his shirt off a lot. He does take his shirt off a lot. Uh, I mean, yeah, looks good for his about age. That. Yeah, why not? Um, yeah, he's in his freaking eighties. But he has no butt, and he never has. <laughs> I, liked, I, I said that like it was a mystery. <laughs> Where did the butt go? Jump into the past with 302010 every Thursday on LazerTimePodcast.com or iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Five, four, three, two, one. And welcome back to our final segment where we will waste no time whatsoever. We will not stop to corrupt any worlds or talk about vampires or fill out psych profiles. No, no, we will just start immediately talking about... With one exception, we have not played any of the new releases this week. (laughs) Sekiro Shadows Die Twice comes out on Friday when this releases, so we'll talk about it next week. Oh, and, crazy excited for that game. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Blaster Master Zero Two just snuck up on us today. Like, well, Nintendo- it snuck up on everyone. Nintendo yeah. just said, hey, this thing's out. Yeah, go play it. Um, so that's interesting. It's a sequel to a remake. As as a game player, 
I sort of love it when they do that. Mm-hmm. As someone who covers games on a podcast, oh, yeah. fuck that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like, there, there's not even, but there's still not that much to say. I think they brought back the original protagonist or some shit like that, if that mattered. I Just mean, because they did that for the original zero. protagonist isn't the original protagonist if you're from Japan. Hmm. Uh, but like, I just love the like we streamed it a bunch. Brett was a huge fan of that game just because um, Blaster Master was never a perfect game, but it's one of the most ambitious NES games I've ever played. Oh yeah, and it looks amazing. It doesn't look like an NES game. It looks like a Turbo Graphics looks, game it, or something. Right. It looks it looks really 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 good, and it's really 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 fun. And I couldn't be happier about Blaster Master coming back. One of the last things I ever went to uh, as far as a game <laughs> it was one of an indie showcase at GDC last year I think or the year before and just I go I walk I snuck in with the help of a friend and walked upstairs and I see people wearing Sunsoft shirts and I just wanted to faint <laughs> Sunsoft they're back and solely with Blaster Master yeah they are they're back and they're selling the McRib <laughs> it's <laughs> also back Sunsoft was a weird, other than like Fester's Quest, was a mark of quality for me for uh, Super Nintendo. Not unlike Capcom, their uh, their version of Batman, I still remember. I loved that version. Yeah, the, the, their Batman, the Gremlins Two, is one of the best movies made into a video game ever, um, and more. <laughs> when I can think of them, <laughs> a lot of. But I love stuff. Sunsoft. Yeah. yeah, well, this uh, the the cell text on Nintendo site says experience the yet untold story of Jason and Eve after defeating Earth's mutant scourge as they venture into the depths of space in their new battle tank, Gaia Sophia. I thought Eve was the tank. I thought Eve was the frog. I, I think it's a weird prequel. It, it doesn't. It really doesn't matter just because it's it's this super super fun. I'm just surprised uh, it's throwback. an original game and not like a remake of the Genesis version. Yeah, and it's like it's not it's not just a throwback. It, it goes a step further, and it's hmm. it's one of those things. I think it's hard for the general public to get excited about, but to like for Nintendo to partner with it like this, I think is a really cool thing. And 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 Vlambeer, who like I I made one of the best iPhone games I've ever played. Ridiculous fishing. Hmm. Yeah. Flambeer had a couple announcements um, this week. Yeah, you know, the, I'm trying to remember. I think a lot of people can go back and play Blaster Master. Isn't that part of the NES online service, like the classics yes. you can play? And there's like an SP thing that you yeah. can jump into. As Holy well. shit, is that some of the worst box art of all time? Jesus. <laughs> Just the, the so blown mad. up pixels of the boss monster? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure it was like beautiful design at the time, but like uh, it wasn't some weird mosaic of blown up in-game graphics that tells you nothing on the box. Right? Leck. Wasn't that all early NES boxes though? They they some had it, to yeah, show right. what the game looked like. Yeah. I'd be more comfortable with that art on the side of my shoe than on the cover <laughs> of a box of, well, of a game I was proud of. But I remember I've, somebody on Twitter pointed this out a while ago. I forget who it was, but saying that like. So you think of these as like, oh, they took the pixels. They did not. The the art that they used does not match up with the pixels in the game at right. all. These were all handmade, right? Using like colored paper, I think. It was, which by the way, to like approximate I've, pixels. I've been into Ubisoft developer offices where they'll have like on the windows guys with with sticky pads have made mm-hmm. like pixel art and it looks amazing and great. But if I remember correctly, that was Nintendo's policy because. 
they thought one of the reasons the Atari, you know, the whole collapse had happened was all this amazing box art was selling these games that then look like crap when you played them. And so mm-hmm. their initial policy was, no, the box has to look like the game looks when you actually play it. It's not a terrible policy because, yeah, like Atari art was like, this is breathtaking, but it's clearly like, this is what your imagination should be thinking yeah. of while you're playing these yeah, I, I just, I just think of games. Pitfall, where Pitfall is this version of like, this is what Pitfall will look like eventually on the cover. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then they, I don't know why they eventually went away from that policy. That was the the black box years, right? Where it's like yeah, it was yeah, these yeah. plain black boxes. Like, I, th- I think I think it's it's not fair to say like every movie poster should be a still from the movie. It's yeah. like you can have you can have an honest promotional poster. Uh but I think Atari was Atari was selling a lot of garbage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that it wasn't capable of uh, uh that wasn't that wasn't even reminiscent of what was on the box. Nope. Yeah. So Blaster Master uh, Blaster Zero Master. Two is yep. out. Is out, out now. Is out. Crazy yeah. now. We none of us have played it yet. Yeah, but we will again. Uh, I did play an old game that is new to Xbox. Yes, a great old game. Yes, just a couple years old. Not that old. It's not right. like ancient. No, 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 no. Yeah, it's just a few years old. A few years old, and that is Stories: The Path of Destinies. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a game. It's it's a sort of an isometric action. With light RPG elements, and yep. that they have like the sword crafting and the and the skill tree and all that stuff, but that's not what makes it special. No, uh, what makes it really cool is how the story plays out in the game. Now, full disclosure, I got a code for this mm-hmm. game. Yeah, um, I've only played through one of the stories and revealed one of the truths, ah. as it were. But what's great is once you do that, and that took me like all of thirty minutes or something like that. Uh, once you do that, you see the way this game plays out is as you play it, there's choices you make along the way. And um, then with those choices, ultimately, you will, it, will, it will come to some ending. And then when you play through it again, it, it, you have this basically magic yeah. book that takes you back in, in time. and you You'll can learn something things. from that ending. You'll, you'll learn something. So you learn the truths occasionally. Mm-hmm. And then based on what you know, you might choose to do something else along that story. Or you might still go along with that choice. So... I won't. I won't get too spoilery, but let's just say there's a character in there that might betray you or something like mm-hmm. that. You still might go to, you know, meet that character, but then later in the story, you're gonna you're gonna make a different decision that yeah. will affect things differently. But I mean, we we talked about it. I think in uh, an earlier episode, Groundhog Day games, and it is one of my favorite conceits where you are, you're playing through uh, the same storyline repeatedly or the same series of events. But you're doing it like every time you uh, with new insight, like you know what's going to happen. Yeah. And because you know, you're able to like foil the bad guy's sneaky plans before they can enact them. But then they spring something else on you and now it changes. And yeah. so you have to go through like a, an altered version of events and learn how that plays out. And then you start again with that knowledge and eventually you will come to some sort of, you know, happy ending through all of this. I will say this. If you're like me and you suffer from a sort of anxiety when you see a chest in the distance that you can't open Mm -hmm. and you want to be a completionist and open everything your first playthrough, this game specifically does not allow you to do that, but that's okay. You have to learn to let that go, knowing Mm -hmm. that your next time through, you'll be able to unlock these things. Um, You're in a time loop. Just accept it. Yes, yes. Uh, But we should talk a little bit about the moment-to-moment is also really cool in that well, one one of the reasons the game works, I think, is it has the, for lack of a better you know descriptor, it's the Bastion narrator, right? Where everything mm-hmm. you're done is narrated by by this guy who's who's telling a story, mm-hmm. and so as the story plays out, it's like, 
like let's say if you Reynardo decided to stand around for a while. Right. Or yeah. if you if you like me break all the the breakable boxes in there it's like Reynaldo was really pissed off at the world mm-hmm. and decided to take <laughs> oh, out his aggression on boxes easily. yes yeah and so it does that but then the combat is super cool too and that it just feels different than most combat in these types of games sort of like when you go to swing it almost like you you kind of suck you get sucked to the enemy there's like this magnetism where you just kind of like will will automatically go over to the enemies and then there's this cool counter mechanic where all you have to do and it's something i wish more games with like batman combat did is you hold the direction that the enemy who's attacking you is facing and you hit attack and you will automatically parry that attack which then the combat eventually becomes this sort of dance of how do I dance around the field using the parries and attacking certain enemies to avoid other enemies throwing projectiles and stuff. And it gets really hard pretty quickly. You know, at first when it starts out, it's really Mm -hmm. simple combat, but, um, and then as you're unlocking more skills and powers in the skill tree, that makes the combat more complex. And so it's, it's, yeah, there's, there's a lot going on, um, that it just slowly like layers of an onion kind of reveals itself to you as you peel more and more away and, and on the subsequent playthroughs. But this, yeah, this is a game where you're playing, you know, if you think of all these branching paths and narrative, there, there's probably literally hundreds of ways, or eh, maybe not hundreds, but there's lots of different ways to play yeah. through this I game. Mean, I mean, I will say when I played it, like it's a little disappointing how quickly you can resolve everything. Mm. Uh, cause, the, cause there are like four major truths that yes. you need to learn. And once you learn them, then you can uh, go for the best ending. Mm. But, but it still feels like, but there, there's so much that I haven't done. Right. And now there's not a story incentive to pursue it. Yeah. That's what YouTube's for. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> you just go yeah, check yeah, yeah. that stuff out. But what's cool is the truths are actually tied to the skill tree as well. Mm-hmm. So as you unlock each truth, you can go deeper into the skill tree and unlock better powers. And so there is some incentive there as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so just coming to Xbox for the first time, if you're an Xbox owner and haven't played it before, check it out. It's, uh, I will give it a strong 7.9 stories out of 10 destinies. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I just wanted to give a shout out to um, Beat Saber for PS4. Just got its first DLC pack. Ooh. Nice. And uh, it was very confusing when I loaded it up. D- just just as an aside, uh, I have a cousin, and I, they were, she was over at my house, um, and we were watching uh, Spider-Man, and then she, I'm like, does anybody want to see VR? And my sister's like, I'd love to see VR. And my cousin's like, I've never played a video game in my whole life. <laughs> and I'm like, you're full of shit. You have a phone. And she, she maintained it. So the first game she may have ever played in her life was Beat Saber, which I feel like that's not right. That's, no. Yeah, that can't be true. That's like, sh- she, I shouldn't have shown that to her as the, <laughs> the, the entrance to the medium. No, no. To do this right, you have to hold two swords and put on a helmet. The only thing I have installed on my phone is Microsoft Word. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, she hasn't even played Pac-Man? Give me a break. Come on. Uh, she's, young, she's much younger than us, and oh, uh, okay. I, I honestly don't believe her. But she's also young enough to where like, it wouldn't be a stigma to admit that she did. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, and, and just... You know, I know her upbringing, and it, and I believe her because okay. uh, not that I'll discuss that on the show, but uh, but I, I believe her. Hmm. And uh, Barn I just in the it was woods. Weird. Her first game was Beat Saber yesterday. Wow, that's crazy. You should have made yeah. her play Tetris Effect and been like, "This is the only version of this game that exists." <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tetris Effect. That's how you refer to. That's how we all refer to it. Two yeah. words. Yeah, Tetris Effect. All right. Well, let's jump ahead too.
Google Stadia yes. is a new streaming. <laughs> Quit trying to make STD happen, Chris. It's not going to be up to me. Like, watch when it comes to GameStop. It is a new streaming, I don't know if you'd call it a platform. Let's when it call comes it a to platform. GameStop, I, I made a bad joke intentional, uh, unintentional. Yeah, I was going to say, like, why, why, why would GameStop sell their own death? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'm sure they'll sell, like, cards or something like that. that sure. Can... Somebody's got to sell that controller. That's true. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. very true. Uh, well, well, yeah. So Google Stadia is a let's call it a streaming platform. I, I don't really know how to describe it, but it's something yeah. that we've been talking about on this show for months. It's one of those things we all we've been talking about game streaming and the future of games. And so mm-hmm. Google just kind of cleared up a little bit of what that could look like for us with this announcement. It was a it was a major announcement at GDC. So Google Stadia is coming this year. Uh, what it is is basically a streaming platform where. There's a bunch of servers in the cloud that are running games. And if you if you participated in the beta they did last year with Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which I heard amazing things about. I I, I don't it, know, it, I don't think it's breaking NDA for me to say. So I was in that beta and it played extremely well. And mm-hmm. I was playing on a decent you, internet you connection. You kind of need a good internet connection. That's I, I was playing it doesn't a, work on hotel internet very well. Right. I was playing on a decent internet connection and I think I had one or two little laggy hiccups, but that's it. Like it, it and it resolved right away. It's like when you're watching a YouTube video, mm-hmm. you might see some artifacting. Yeah. And that's it. But that's basically, by the way, what this technology is. It's just streaming video. Yeah, but they are promising not only 4K 60 FPS, mm-hmm. but which a lot of PCs can't do. It, they, they, they support 8K because eventually they're like, this. people will adopt 8K. Yeah, it's, 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 4K, it's 4K 60 frames with um, a 30 megabit upload connection well yeah that's what uh, so phil harrison formerly of, of sony and microsoft who is now working for google he's the guy who did the keynote later when people were asking him well what kind of internet does this require uh he's i think he's on record saying it basically it's 25 megabit per second um and then they were saying that well, but we'd recommend 30 just to be safe type thing. but then if you go down from there you just get 1080p according to them Right. I, I'm baffled by how this is possible. I really am. Having used other streaming services like OnLive, I don't understand. Because our internet hasn't changed since then. It hasn't gotten better. The way you know it's possible and the way this is happening, we've talked about, and you talked about it on last week's show, Chris, is Google has been investing a lot in internet right. infrastructure and, and in things like fiber. The one thing they have that no one else has, and that's the only reason I'm a believer in this yeah. even slightly, mm-hmm. is data centers. Google has data, data centers all over the country. It was kind of revealed during this this announcement how many data centers they have. And it's mm-hmm. it's kind of Black Mirror type shit. It's like, oh shit, we are surrounded by Google data centers. <laughs> you didn't even know it. Yeah, and then there's like these huge buildings that are basically... These warehouse farms that yeah. are just sitting in the middle of nowhere usually that mm-hmm. all they have to worry about is how many servers can we cram in here and how do we keep it cool enough from, from not melting itself because they're just using up a ton Remember of that power. old Four Loco si- silo that's falling apart? There's a data center in there. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's- so, yeah, this this is coming this year. It's, it's this cloud streaming game service that theoretically you will be able to just stream games to – Pretty much any device with a screen is the way they were showing it. Yeah. Uh, and it was pretty miraculous when they were showing you could you could take it from your PC, which is, I think, how a lot of people will play it, uh, to your phone, uh, to 
a, a TV that is connected with a with a Google Chromecast device. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and not only that, but what they were demonstrating, I'm sure this was canned, but they're saying it will be possible to go seamlessly. Like you pause it on one device, you pick up your phone, and you can just start playing there. I believe that because if it's a server running the yeah. game. Yeah. All it is is a, is a video connection with that server, mm-hmm. right? I do it with YouTube all the time. Yeah. All yeah. the time. So the the question is going to be, I think, like, ha- they haven't talked about, like, pricing or anything like that. No, that's the big unanswered. Like, and yeah. they wouldn't speak to that. He, like, how how will this work? Will you buy games? Will you buy a, a pass that will give you access men- to certain They did games? mention a store. They okay. mentioned a store. So, and I know Google is also working... You know, that, that whole announcement last week about Jade Raymond has joined them. So they have their own internal studio, mm-hmm. much like Microsoft or Sony or Nintendo have. You know, what you do as a first party is you develop in-house content to be used as a showcase for your technology. Yeah, yeah but so, maybe if Jade Raymond was hired last week, it's a little late. That's know. just when they announced That's it. That's when they announced it. I think yeah. she'd been there a few months. Yeah, but I, I think it raises some interesting rights questions because, I mean, like physical media... Right. You, you are buying a copy of the game as well as a license to play it. Digital media, you are downloading a copy of the game, so you have an instance of it on your personal machines, yes. and you have a license to play it. This is just a license to play it. It's so, like, if, if Google decides that, you know, we don't want this on our streaming platform anymore, does it just go away? Well, uh, I thought actually that had been decided in the courts. Even the digital downloads of games right now, all you are buying is the license to play it. You don't own yeah. the source code. It's you no can... different from Steam. Steam could take all your games away. iTunes can take all your music away. DRM or whatever. Uh, GOG is the only one you can trust. It's illegal to break the DRM. You you don't own that game. You're just paying a license to play it. So this doesn't change yeah. much. But and, and and for a ton of people, that's a, that's that's the big hurdle here. But not really for me. Uh, but oh, I'm sorry, Matt, keep going. No, it's fine. So, you know, we were talking about, yeah, we don't know what the business model's like. Uh, Harrison did announce they're going to, they're going to be doing more announcements this summer. He wouldn't commit to being at E3, but I, I think one article I read, he was saying June specifically. I think that's probably when they will announce pricing for this. But so the questions, yeah, that remain, are you going to be buying the games? Um, are you going to be paying into some subscription type service to just access this thing on top of buying the games? Which is, you know, NVIDIA has had a program like this kind of in beta for a long time. For a while, it was just, just on Mac. In, it was in beta on Mac only for a while. I think they eventually expanded to PC where you would pay a monthly fee to access these servers on top of, and then the games were running from your Steam library, so you had to buy the games mm-hmm. in addition. So there's that model. This does have the biggest benefit to Mac owners, by the way. <laughs> yeah, right. This is yeah. the biggest boon to Macs, yeah. Mac users. I mean, that's what's, that's what's incredible is it's any device can access these things. Um, but yeah, so we don't know anything about business model. We don't know if it'll be free to access the platform and all you're doing is buying the games. Um, I think there's what will probably come out of it. There will be a couple business models. My guess will be... They will, of course, want to sell games, and I would imagine they'll take some cut, just like Steam and, and all of the game, you know, the resellers take a cut and the publishers get their cut. Um, I bet they will come up with some kind of subscription service, and that would no doubt include Google's games. I don't and, think this works without a subscription service. Mm. I don't think anybody, I, I don't know, I don't, I'm, I'm not sure anybody's super cool. Everyone's super cool with subscribing to Spotify because they understand that, like, yeah, if they go away tomorrow, I didn't really own that music. But if you bought an album on Spotify for full price and they fucked with the pricing, you'd be really upset. 
Yeah, but I yeah, and I I think that if if this is something like PlayStation Now, where it's like here's a library of games that you can access that changes as as new things are released, uh, I think that's a lot more appealing than yeah, just pay a one time fee and then yo. But here here's the super fascinating thing that I can't been holding back and I can't wait anymore. Yeah, on thirty twenty ten early in the year, we talked about thirty years ago. It was Nintendo suing Blockbuster for renting their games. Mm-hmm. So technically, I mean, didn't they say that like we'll have Xbox and PS4 and PC and Switch games on here? Like, did you sign something with them? Are they all cool with that? Because I bet they're sort of not. No, especially depending on what your price. I don't is. think he said that. My yeah. my assumption from looking at this and because they're just servers. It'll just be PC versions of the yeah. game. Uh, there are well, some APIs that so they mention every game will support Google Assist. Maybe, but like, but like, GameFly doesn't need the permission of those people, those those companies to send you games through the mail. So there's an argument to be made if you're Google's lawyers that you don't have to pay Nintendo to rent their games to people. I, I think that uh, to, to complete my earlier thought that sorry, uh, no, that's okay. I, I lost my train of thought, but um, I, I think you know paying a subscription service it's one thing. Paying a subscription service and paying full price to buy the games uh, yes. is what I remember. The Phantom was going to do that, yeah. and it's like no, that's, no, what, that's, that's what the Nvidia thing was. Was was, was that with OnLive too? Was, I think so. I yeah. think so. And that's where people go, mm, yeah, no thanks, man. Yeah, I, I don't no. want to pay twice. But here's Too complicated. here's why it might be okay. With all of those other options, there was some component you had to buy up front. There was a barrier to entry. You had to buy a box, right? Mm-hmm. There's no box here. And there's that's, a controller. That's, there's a controller that's not required. With a Konami code on the back. <laughs> right. There's a, right. Con- a controller, by the way, that works over the Wi-Fi to reduce latency. That's really cool. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. the, it, the controller... The way I understand it, the controller's talking directly to the servers just like your TV is. The controller's yeah. not talking to your TV. Right, yeah. It's wild. It's talking directly to the game as fast as possible. But that's the controller is if you want to play it wirelessly on things like your TV or your mobile device. You can use your Xbox or PS4 controller through USB on a PC. And I think that's what a lot of people would I, do. I just well, remember so. on live, though, it was almost there. And I'm like, this this. <laughs> This doesn't work. It's so close. And what yeah. if the solution was like have the controller talk directly to the server? Like, oh, what if we were that close fucking yeah. 10 years ago? Well, and, and a lot of people ask Harrison, they're like, look, you know, you, you say 25 megabits per second. Like, that's actually pretty high in a lot of areas. And he was up front. He said, yes, we know there are some places that don't have this kind of Internet. But and trust me, Google knows about this shit. There's some technologies on the near horizon mm-hmm. like 5G that will enable this, and and so they're banking on that. So he wasn't just like we're telling those hicks to uh, fasten the other strap on their overalls and uh, <laughs> yeah. no. join the twenty first century. Double up on those Oshkoshes. <laughs> but I think what game. you can bet on is Google's telling those ISPs get mm. your shit in gear. Yeah. Otherwise, we're going to bring in Google Fi in your city. And yeah. uh, well, another thing that he was saying that like you know we ISPs work like this with a collection of different machines. We just have a direct line and. And my immediate thought was like, would this be possible if net neutrality was still in effect? Is, does that have any effect on any of this? I think it well, would that be... doesn't have any effect on the, the infrastructure of the bandwidth. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I guess um, that's true. I think net neutrality would make this more possible. It's like they mm. can do what they want. Yeah, and your ISP couldn't charge you extra for it. And right. I'm like, oh, we're we're adding an additional subscription fee for your streaming games. You're, you're absolutely right that, like, this is going to fuck with your bill mm-hmm. big time. Like, because no matter how uh, how yeah. whatever fucking Silicon Valley Pied Piper compression they're using, 
sending for, sending a constant 4K signal interactively over your uh, over your internet is gonna is gonna really jack up your bill. So that's the one question that a lot of people had that I didn't think his answer for was that great. Uh, basically, Harrison's response was, you know. Eventually, the ISPs and, and the mobile companies, they had to not charge you for music and movie streaming, things like Netflix, because the technology was there and the demand was so high for these services that people wouldn't pay you know, over their data caps. Mm-hmm. So his, his answer was, the ISPs, we think, will eventually lift their data caps, and that's what will get around this thing. And I'm like... Don't bet on it, guys. Yeah, the ISPs uh, will uh, will make them enough that they can't refuse. <laughs> well, that's that's the thing. Like, Google it. desperately Google. wants to break into being your ISP. We're Gabba Google. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I just made a Gabba Google joke. Wow, that was. <laughs> we should recognize that joke. Where did all the Gabba Google go? Where did all the Gabba Google pussy? Okay, uh, but it's it's. Uh, from what I know, even from like behind the scenes shit that I uh, that I've heard is that like Google is desperate to get in the ISP industry. It is such a rampant monopoly that involves bribing politicians in every territory that it they've made it impossible. But if they make a service that everyone desires, mm-hmm. um, they could force their way into that space uh, pretty easily. Yeah, Be- because like I remember we did a laser time about when people started to have the ability to pay for television and in. The the late seventies, it was two hundred thousand dollars a block in New York to bring, to to put cable in per block. Hey. Nowadays, it's in San, in a place like San Francisco, it's millions it's per block. Yeah. So it's a huge investment, and Comcast has that. Comcast and Time Warner has that shit all locked down. And mm-hmm. obviously, Google would love to be your internet service provider. They've been providing multiple communities with internet for years. Yep, but that's why people a lot of people think 5G is the savior because it's a lot more cost effective to install just a cell tower in a place than mm-hmm. to yes. route wire. No digging, no lines. Exactly. Uh but but that's I don't know, that's the thing I'm I'm super I can't wait to see because this this is the biggest disruptor we've ever seen in my opinion. And I don't know enough about it yet, but I'll still I'm still willing to claim it's the biggest yeah. disruptor in gaming we've ever seen. Yeah, I think I want to talk a little bit about some of the cool stuff. So we we mentioned the controller, which we don't know what the price of that's going to be. The controller, and again, you don't have to use it if you have your own controller. You can play on PC, but the controller has some cool stuff built in. So one of the things it has built in is this Google Assist, which again, that I think will depend on if devs implement those APIs to take advantage. Where it's basically you can say, "Hey, I'm stuck at this point in the game. Google, show me how to f- solve this." And what they're claiming is. It will then bring up like a, a Google video where some YouTuber already solved that and, and said, yeah, here's how you do this. That's cool, I guess. I don't know. Um, but then the, the capture feature is really cool, which, you know, the consoles have had this. But the way Google's doing it is just straight up, you hit this button and you're streaming to YouTube. And that's the thing I think we all forgot is Google owns YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, no, no. I am not evangelizing Google here. This is they're going to lose money for 10 years to do something evil and part of that is making YouTube a gaming platform. Well, the thing is YouTube already is a huge gaming discovery platform. So as a right. games marketer, oh, yeah. I can tell you more and more the importance of platforms like like YouTube and uh Twitch in game discovery. They've just, you know, it's almost in a lot of ways replaced traditional games PR and media. Uh, or at least eclipsed it. Let's yeah. just say that. We have Apex Legends, like, just in recent memory to, like, no promotion, no trailer. Instantly released. It got sold through YouTube and Twitch. Right. And and EA, instead of spending millions and millions on ad campaigns, which I'm sure they also did, 
they're on record. Like, you know, the story came out. They paid Ninja a million dollars, apparently, to stream mm-hmm. that game. So they bucks. spent millions of dollars telling streamers and YouTubers play and stream this game. And that's how they got the word out about yeah, that game. YouTube is also... They, gave, they, they, they paid us to stream it, too. But it was just a free month of VRV. <laughs> the fuck is VRV? Jesus. It did not deserve to die that hard. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first time Michael and I just looked at each it, other in the it, room. And it went, became, the silence became a thing like, don't break, don't break. <laughs> don't break. <laughs> we we uh, were sharing a slide but, smile. <laughs> but the, uh, the thing is, like, YouTube is not just a game discovery feature. It's a, it's a game spoiler discovery feature. Stop That's putting true. DMC5 spoilers in my recommended thumbnails. <laughs> No, but the you cool, asshole. The cool thing they showed, see, like one of the other features about um, about this infrastructure, is if you're watching a game on Twitch and you're like, I don't, I don't just want to play this game. I want to play that moment of the game. It'll yeah. jump you to that moment. Yeah. So, so that's the cool stuff I'm talking about. Like at the end of a game trailer, it can say play now, and you would just click that link and you'd be playing that game. They were saying within five seconds, which makes sense with this yep. tech, right? And, and like that. By the way, that technology I know already exists. Yeah. Um. To figure out where someone is a game and jump you to there. I just didn't think anybody found a way to make money off of it. I mean, it makes sense if you think about all this is is games running on servers, right? So you take user A's save state, basically, and you say, okay, yeah, give user B that save state. They're going to access that. And they're even showing, like, a YouTuber could be playing a game and, like, hand off that game to one of his the people watching and say, okay, now you're going to start playing. Then they also talked about there's all these opportunities to, like, play co-op with your favorite streamer or YouTuber and they showed like this thing where there's like a queue. It's like you're fifth in line to play mm-hmm. with this fucking guy or whatever. You know? Oh my god. Oh, man. Influencers are bad now. <laughs> this oh, fucking oh, guy, oh. he's my favorite YouTuber. <laughs> I, I, I can also see that going in the direction of uh, like bringing back the worst aspects of couch multiplayer like having a friend sitting on your couch like you fucking suck at this let me play I'll, I'll get you past this <laughs> oh, come god. on. Some of the most frustrating moments of my mm-hmm, childhood. Mm-hmm. But that's what I don't understand. That like like VoIP technology is not up to par with 4K gaming. I don't really know how this can be sustained. Money, man. Google's got yeah. oodles of money. I, I know, but like they're gonna have to convince a bunch of people, and like and everyone's already, as far as the commenters have seen, are, are, are not into this. If it's competitive with regular gaming prices, I think people are more comfortable with downloading a copy of their own game and not. Even if they're not worried about the the evil legality of this disappearing, like every other cool Google thing they do, if that's the case, I think it's a shame. Because and and I'm not like, hey, Mister Pro, like, hey, Google's the way; it's the light; it's going to save us. No, no, th- th- this is the future, and it's unavoidable. Yeah, what if it goes the way of Orkut? Well, well, well. T- <laughs> no, to me, this reeks more <laughs> of people who, after Microsoft had their press conference announcing the Xbox One, which had a lot of connectivity and, and features that were kind of groundbreaking. People freaked out, like, no, fuck that. I don't want to always be connected to the internet. And then, by the way, I'm on record for saying everyone was wrong and silly. And PlayStation came in and said, you're right. We have the traditional platform. Come play mm-hmm. PS4 and all this stuff. And guess what? There's so many games now that require you to have an internet connection. It was like Microsoft mm-hmm. was, they basically were just projecting where the industry was heading. Yep. They were just more upfront about it. You know, I was going to say, though, like, even though, uh, Consoles don't require you to maintain an internet connection to play, but then I realized, like, oh yeah, my Xbox has started doing this thing where it'll just randomly sign me out while I'm in the middle of a game, and then it's like I have to go through the whole thing of signing back in yeah. before it'll let me continue. Mine stops recognizing my controller, so I feel like I, I'm in this reality already. Mm-hmm. I just, this is a brand new battery, this shouldn't be happening, but it just, 
Yeah, uh, whatever. Like, it's just like, uh, but this is the future. To deny it, you're wrong. It will be the future. I mean, I don't know. We've got we've talked about it before on the show. I don't know that it will completely replace the set top box. I think um, I, maybe I think maybe it'll eventually. Be a, world, a world with both. But imagine this: if the pricing is competitive enough yeah. for uh, STD, that what if for twenty dollars a month you could try any game before you buy it, and then you can. And that's essentially what I do anyway. The pri- the pricing is competitive, and here's why. You have to buy whatever the next consoles are, the next generation. You're going to have True. to buy that for four or $500 up front, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm, a, I'm an adult now. That's an insurance. That's like one, one and a half insurance payments. Like I, but assuming, <laughs> let's, just, let's, just, let's just give some pricing to this thing. Let's say it's 20 bucks a month. Mm-hmm. So your, your barrier to entry is 20 bucks as opposed to 500 Right, so that that's the difference. That's where I think it has potential. Is like anyone with any device. It's like, oh, you have a Mac, you have a fucking iPhone, you can play the latest games. All you have to do is, is you know, have a controller or whatever. It's so maybe the barrier to entry is, is seventy, eighty dollars for a controller, and then this twenty. I I don't know, man. Like the other thing that we're not talking about is this could signal the demise of generations in, in general. Right, because all of these right. games are just running on fucking server farms. Right. So all you have to do is upgrade those servers yeah. to have here's the latest graphics acceleration and and latest well, memory and stuff. Between between this announcement and uh, us talking about 5G and the Oculus announcement, uh, it seems like Ready Player One is closer than ever. Hell yeah, mm. that's who I'm yeah, here for. Ocu- Oculus has a new system out. Yeah, y- y- wait, announced. We, we it's can, not yeah. out yet. I don't we can, think we can, we can transition. We can transition wait, wait, but over just there. saying, just saying, like uh, the last thing I'll say about it is um, the biggest criticism I see. Like, yeah, I'm going to pay a fucking licensing fee. I saw someone post a picture of the Scott Pilgrim game. Like, this is why I'll never pay a licensing mm. fee for streaming games. Um, I'm a big movie fan, and physical media there is completely dying because you all, all, you all are all comfortable paying. A streaming service to tell you what you can watch uh, and what you have the licensing fee to. Uh, that that is where the future is going. That the future is already there for movies and television. Period. Like physical media is dying there. But at the same time, how many movies can you no longer acquire because uh, nobody bought them on physical media? I am scared when the people uh, who torrent things stop mm. doing that, and I hope that there's always some maniac who does. Uh, but I also don't care that much anymore unless a movie is loaded with special features which they aren't because the market is dying hmm. we are all more comfortable paying to rent something on iTunes or to stream something over Amazon or Netflix That you're already comfortable with that with films and you don't even know it maybe you don't even know it and like I hear that criticism of games like this is already integrated in your life, just not with games yet. Games are also a bit more expensive than movies. They're more expensive, and well, and they're more beautiful and engaging and like part of your life. And mm. like, I understand that. Here's a hot take that it relates to something, Chris. You've talked about before. I think maybe the reason we would used to get so upset about certain movies being available or not, it's related to the monoculture. There were a lot fewer choices, a lot fewer movies released back in the day, or whatever, right? Yeah, like I, I can't possibly care about what movie I'm missing when I right. I have 16 other movies in my queue at any given moment. Exactly. That's where I was heading is like, honestly, I don't have the energy to give a shit about one thing that may or may not be available when I have thousands of other options out there. And that's – I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying, hey, that's what the companies no, no, have no. figured out. Because that's why I was saying this is a, a disruptor because like there are three platforms that should be scared about this primarily and that's um, – 
and that's Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo. There's one platform that should be very scared, and that's Steam. Because Steam, mm. Steam, uh, Steam's walls are being attacked on so many fronts right oh, now yeah. uh, that they should be very, very afraid. And this is primarily targeting PC gamers. Uh, and I, it, but like um, in terms of third party stuff, if Google makes this lucrative for third party, in a, like just say in a way that the Epic Store did against Steam, they're doomed. Yeah, they're totally do- like the whole industry as we know it is. But hey, maybe Valve will have to go back to making games again. Yeah, maybe maybe, maybe. they'll be like, shit. Okay, everybody, get. We need to brainstorm. What do we do for Half Life Three and Portal Three? <laughs> and how do we get them on Google? How mm-hmm. do we get them on Stadia? This could get nuts, but I still there's a there's a, a, a like twenty percent of my brain. This is a this is another millionaire pet project for Google. They'll get, they'll get tired of in six months, which happens constantly. <laughs> well, it's better than sending Jeff Bezos to space. <laughs> I use Google Hangouts all the time, and they're getting rid of them. Hmm. Was it supposed to? Was Google Hangouts supposed to make money? Because you never asked for any, and now it's going to go away. Hmm. Actually, you guys bring up Bezos. I and this made me think of Amazon because they backed off too. Well, no, here's the thing: like this Google announcement is all about YouTube, 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 and the other big streaming platform is Twitch, which is owned by Amazon. So I'm anxious to see what Amazon's because you're not going to be able to click on a Twitch stream and say now play now on Google Stadia. You can bet your ass Amazon won't let Dude, that happen. You might not have a choice because the app I saw worked on sound. What? What do you mean? The sound of where you were in a game. What? Yes. I'm, I, like <laughs> where it could figure out what? where you were in a game. What it's if I not fart up, while it's I not play up to the them. game? Maybe there won't be an instant, easy click and do this button, but like they, they can't run from this at all. They can only integrate. I have no idea what you're talking about right now. The same way Shazam can recognize the fingerprint of a, of a song, uh-huh. uh, there are the technology is out there to recognize where you are in a game. So whether or not whether or not Twitch wants to integrate a Google STD button, mm-hmm. like. There'll be a way to figure that out. Well, you know who else is uh, working on a streaming service? Apparently, Walmart. Shut up, really? I mean, I saw that. So look, you say you say this, but I had this conversation with someone just less than twenty four hours ago. Mm-hmm. Um, streaming movies, in terms of like buying movies and streaming them, did you notice that whole thing died out? Ultraviolet. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, I mean, I keep getting notices in my email like this service that you own this movie on. This movie will go away forever, so you have to claim this on this other news. You service. actually claimed one of those codes. My God, <laughs> no, no, I, I do because I'm on the Disney Movie Rewards program. And by the way, mm-hmm. Disney has bought up so much shit; it makes it very easy to. I've been doing it since before they own Pixar, so <laughs> I've been registering my Disney products not on like a Club Nintendo kind of thing. Uh, mm. Which means, which obligates you has for like the last ten years has obligated you to a digital copy of the game, uh, or sorry, the movie, and there is still no Disney app that lets you stream those movies to your Xbox. There's some on on, on mobile, but nothing to your uh, nothing to your Roku or or your I mean, Xbox there will or your be. PlayStation. I, I, you can bet Disney Plus will have an app. Absolutely. No, what they have is movies anywhere. Movies and what was Disney movies anywhere, and then they took over everything. Ultraviolet died. It integrates with Voodoo. You might not use Voodoo, but it's the last hyper pay like like not subscription based service standing. Huh. It is the main subscription stand, uh, like uh, movie, so, m- the movie streaming a la carte platform. It is. Mm. 
And you guys don't have Walmarts. And when you go to a Walmart, mm. it's like, this movie's not out yet, but here's a box. Is, 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 if it were, buy this and get it on Vudu a month early. What? Mm. Yeah, dude. Like, it's fucking crazy. Hmm. Vo- Voodoo, Voodoo is integrated in more lives, I mean, than you, I think you would imagine right now. And that's, that's Walmart. There are not a lot of WalMarts in the Bay Area, and so we're just not exposed to no. it. Um, but we have no, to go the, way out of our way. Michael to go mentioned. To I mean, Walmart is apparently working on a streaming thing. Yeah. We know Microsoft is, in according fact, to US Gamer. Well, in fact, there was a memo that leaked out of Microsoft after the Google announcement hit of Phil Spencer basically saying, "Hey, don't worry, we have our own big announcements. We're going to go big at E3, and everyone knows Microsoft's been investing in the Xtreme technology, mm-hmm. and, and with we've been talking for months how great Game Pass is, and you can bet, like." There will be a, Again, a game Microsoft pass over is streaming. Banking on streaming technology. Yeah. This is where we're going. And so, and so, Google won't be the only player in this space. You can bet. You know, Microsoft will be there. Nintendo will be there in seven years. <laughs> right. Well, that's that's what I was going to say. Is like this makes me wonder though. Well, what is what does Nintendo do in this thing? Though? I mean, maybe, they but maybe, dig maybe their Nintendo's... heels in and they don't play, and they yeah. succeed by having great first. Party products and people like me will buy all everything mm-hmm. they do. They succeed through content, which is, I mean, really. And we, if crazy. you look at people like Disney, content is king, and and, it, and it's whoever owns the content that you're fine, right? You have all those games, um, so yeah. But you, Chris, you started to segue into the other big tech announcement that came, came out of GDC, which is the Oculus Rift S, which uh, yes, or- does not stand for. Smaller, uh, usually like you know with no. the Xbox One S, it's but, the smaller. But version. it is completely wireless, which is pretty fucking impressive. That's pretty crazy. No, that is the Quest. Oh, okay. Yeah, the S has one wire, which is still amazing because uh-huh. the other one had what, like three USB connections to your PC. Something Dude, like my, that, my, yeah. my PSVR. Which was the new version came with a eleven step setup. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. There's eleven connections to it. My yeah. my Vive has a breakout box. It has like HDMI and power, and it also has two base stations that also right. need their own power. So that's so yep. what what the S has. It's available this spring. It's three hundred ninety nine dollars. It comes with two Oculus Touch controllers. There is no no need for room sensors, so it completely gets rid of the room sensors. Damn. That's um, fucking crazy. Yeah. yeah. It, and the Quest also, the Quest, which they announced, I want to say a few months ago, has similar technology where it doesn't need the room sensors. Yeah, it's got cameras embedded in the headset yeah. itself so it can right. tell where you are. The difference between this and, and the Quest, it seems to be, this is being positioned as sort of the the gaming level Oculus, mm-hmm. let's say, whereas the Quest just seems to be kind of like a step down. It's it's like more progressive tech in that it's wireless, but it also isn't as powerful, whereas this seems... This is like – it's literally their replacement for the original Rift because they're phasing out the Rift. Hmm. Uh, and it's – I mean that that pricing, $399 with the two-touch controllers, that's that's awesome. That's pretty good. Um, it's the same for the, the Quest also. But the Quest – so the difference between this and the Quest, in it, you know, the Quest is wireless. This has the one USB wire. This will have higher resolution and so a little mm-hmm. bit better tech. Yeah. Uh, it has better lenses than the Quest. It will have – similar to Vive. You know how Vive has that feature where there's an external facing camera – that you can see what's going on around you by yes. kind of seeing through. So this will have that. So you no, no longer will have that thing of I'm in VR. I don't have no idea what's going on around me. I could mm-hmm. be hitting my furniture. My friends could be fucking with me. There could be balls in my face and I wouldn't know yeah, it. It mm-hmm. seems like there, there, there has to be some like, dude, 
They're like Apple Watches and shit. Just tell me when I get a text message. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, just in, tell in, like, me when my corner. cat is close to me and when she's licking my feet. You can uh, set that up playing Beat Saber with existing headsets. Can it's you? Just, well, with with Vive, I know you can. It's a little mm. tricky. I haven't been able to get it to work, but so it, and, it is and then a the feature. cool thing, both the Quest and the S, they have crossplay and they will share your same library, so they'll both be able to play the same games. And it to me, it just seems like if you want a bit more powerful system and you want it to be a little bit prettier. Um, you're going to go with the S. Whereas if you want a little less tech and, and, and the wireless thing, you're going to go with the Quest. But yeah, I mean, it's interesting that when we're talking about less hardware, let's say on, on the future of just traditional gaming, when it comes to wow. streaming and stuff, over here, wow. you know, VR might be the thing that it's just a different type of hardware I think that's, that they're wanting wow, more Maddie, I think that's a tough thing for gamers to wrap their head around, less hardware. Yeah, making things better. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, it's just—it's not really less hardware. Nope. It's just hardware somewhere else. I demand a room-sized 1950s computer <laughs> filled with uh, just random assemblages of NVIDIA cards. I want real to real. My computer better have pendulums. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm only judging on the computer wore tennis shoes. A dumb movie I enjoyed <laughs> for, for reasons beyond my time. Oh man. I too enjoy Disney live action. Don't ask me why. Don't They're all at bad, me. all of them. Ugh. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's the other big tech announcement. Is there's there's a new Rift coming to replace the old one? Two new Rifts, really. Yeah, and the S is. I mean, it's competitively priced. So mm-hmm. yeah, if you, if you like VR, this seems to be uh-huh. a good solution. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you guys want to talk about some game announcements? Yes. What? We talk about games? I want to talk about technology. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? We all of a sudden became this weird CNET What's podcast. in the new Qualcomm Snapdragon architecture? <laughs> <laughs> What's the, in the new AOL Imagine Dragon? <laughs> uh, Nintendo, as they are wont to do, they had a direct without telling anybody first. Uh, or maybe they gave us like an hour notice. I don't really That's know how great. these things with, work. With, with Nindies, like yeah. we have independent games on this platform, which like shouldn't matter, but it does. They have hundreds or thousands of independent games on this platform. I know. Yeah. But some of the highlights of uh, this Nindies direct, uh, and they, they do these at GDC. Like they, they really go big with the Nindies thing at GDC because... Obviously, that's where the independent developers are. But highlight games, uh, Cuphead is coming to Switch April 18th. That's like really, really soon, dudes. Mm-hmm. That's I think no one expected that. I mean, with Xbox Live support, it said. Oh, really? I didn't see that part. Really? I, saw that, yeah. I don't know the relationship between Microsoft and developers, but it seems like Microsoft has sort of a stake, a little bit of a publishing stake in that game. No, I, I'm not sure that they do. Really? Because, uh, like, I used to work for a company where, like, I sent an impassioned email, like, we should publish Cuphead. It, when it was totally a 100% independent. And uh, I think only... Microsoft sank a bunch of money into that They did. Thing. I think they, they paid did. to get it completed. They, they, did. They, they did after a while, but it doesn't matter. They sunk a bunch of money into everything mm-hmm. they published exclusively, and up to and including the Master Chief Collection, which is out now on Steam. Mm. Like it eventually doesn't matter. Like it's it's just like uh, you, you have to allow someone to make some money. I'm going to build these game announcements to my my favorite from the list. So I'm going to sure, keep, sure. keep keep going down. So then Sorry, we have that, we already... that art for Cuphead and that trailer for Cuphead. It, last I looked, it was trending at number thirteen on YouTube. It's a black and white video of a guy describing milk for one minute, <laughs> and, and like it's it's awesome. 
It's so and, awesome. they, and they made all this beautiful cuphead art uh, with holding Switch controllers and the Switch. It's fucking great. Uh, we already mentioned Blaster Master Zero Two is available now, so go download that. Mm. Um, they showed the Stranger Things Three game, which is coming July Fourth to coincide with the new season, which was also announced this week as coming July. Speaking 4th. of rats from earlier, did you guys play the mobile game, the Stranger Things Season Two mobile game? No, so, hell no. I'm a real gamer. <laughs> that game is like it. it Reminds me of an NES RPG. It's awesome. Go huh. go play it. Okay. Huh. And what this game looks like is an SNES RPG. It has the isometric view, slightly Neat. better graphics. Fuck. Okay, uh, you're gonna get to play. I think they're saying you can play as like twelve different characters. But uh, the Stranger there Things are twelve game, characters on the show. Bob is gone. <laughs> the Stranger <laughs> Things games are really good. Go go play that mobile game. You'll love it. It's a shame that Telltale never got to do theirs. Oh yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Then there's Rad, which is a new game from Double Fine and Bandai Namco. So it's not the sequel to Totally Rad, the seminal NES game? Right. It is mm-hmm. not the sequel to the BMX movie from the 80s either. Wow. Yeah. Man, if, like, if I could practice BMX flips off a ramp and land on a mattress, that, that shit is burned into my head. Like, I wouldn't die. <laughs> Sorry, you know what I'm talking about, yeah, man. Yes, that, I've seen that, the movie. Absolutely. That movie's crazy. The movie's great. Uh, no, but this game is an isometric action RPG it's based in a post-apocalyptic future, and the the way the game, like, kind of what, what sets it apart is you have these mutations and powers. So you can mutate into, like, a giant cobra to attack enemies, or you can have these As mutations. Yeah, or there, I saw a gameplay video where, like, you mutate and you have spikes all over your body. So when mm. people try to attack you, they, they get hit. It's very double fine. Uh, I can just say the trailer itself is fucking rad. Like, go listen to the music in the trailer. It's very 80s feeling. It's got that Double Dragon neon feel. The music for rad is rad? Yes, of course. That's what I was saying. Um, But yeah, so that is... It's very double fine. Like, if you're into the double fine aesthetic, um, it looks really cool. Uh, And then the biggest announcement in my book, uh, Cadence of Hyrule, Crypt of the Necrodancer, featuring the Legend of Zelda. That's nuts. Did you guys play Crypt of the Necrodancer? Not really. I didn't, but uh, now I'm wishing I did. It is one of my favorite rhythm games of all time. It is a roguelike rhythm dungeon crawler where you have to move to coincide with the beats in the music. You can only move and attack on the beats. Otherwise, you lose your multiplier. And the enemies also move when you move. And so it, it becomes this weird combo of a rhythm game with a little bit of action, with some puzzle solving of, oh, I have to move this certain way. And for this enemy, you know, when I move a certain way, he, he, he attacks a certain way, basically to line up shots. And then there's some really cool roguelike elements in that you unlock, you gradually unlock more and more equipment that you can then find when you delve into the dungeon. Uh, and so to see that, and then to introduce Zelda characters, Zelda graphics, and and Zelda kind of some gameplay elements, like, dude, I am really, really excited it's, for this game. This it's made so me- weird, because like, uh, Nintendo has kept the branding of those partnerships kind of a, I mean Hyrule Warriors right you people like you and I understand that's Dynasty Warriors but they should have like to be nice call it Hyrule Dynasty Warriors and this is called Cadence of Hyrule mm. Necro Realm it's, it has a really long title Crypt of the Necrodancer featuring Legend of Zelda featuring yeah. Legend of Zelda yeah. which is acknowledging the people who actually made the game that is like some hip hop album shit right there this made me go back and buy the amplified DLC for Crypt of the Necrodancer that's a game I've, I think I've sunk at least 40 hours into a fucking rhythm game because it's really good if you haven't checked it out no it looks cool like, it, it's so cool and the soundtrack is amazing just go listen to the soundtrack. Do yourself a favor. Go on YouTube and listen to it. It's really, really cool. So I am 
very excited for this. And it's so nice to see Nintendo sort of loaning out their characters and saying here. And, and this isn't like this isn't like even them loaning out Metroid, which they don't necessarily do as much with. This is this is Zelda. This is big character stuff. It's, it's so weird to watch them do that first with Hyrule Warriors and now this game. Yeah, absolutely. Or to loan Mario characters to Ubisoft for for yep. a tactical or, strategy, game. or Star Fox characters yeah. to Ubisoft yeah. for a very Star Fox like game. Man, I love it. So, yeah, so those were all the Nindies announcements uh, before the direct. Konami announced a series of anniversary collections, mm. which they sort of announced so some of the games in these collections. So there's three collections they announced. They announced Konami Arcade. Mm-hmm. Arcade Classics, uh, the Castlevania Anniversary Collection, and the Contra Anniversary Collection, all for Switch. Yeah, and I know that uh, fans like me are all bracing to see, like, are they going to put the Rebirth games on this now that WiiWare is kaput and we can't get those anymore? Hmm. Or are they going to put the N64 uh, <laughs> Electrovolt Whip? I, I would play the shit out of that, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love almost any Castlevania. Like, even, like, if like I was just thinking, like, what if the big unlock was Castlevania Judgment? Would that be crazy? That would be crazy and unwelcome. Crazy. <laughs> well, the only ones they've confirmed so far, they've confirmed Castlevania, Castlevania 2, Castlevania 3, and Super Castlevania 4. And then there are four the, mystery yeah, games. Yeah, but the Castlevania 2 is Belmont's Revenge. Castlevania 2, yes. Belmont's Revenge for a Game Boy. Yes. yes. Oh, okay. And then so three at least one of their coming soons is Simon's Quest. Which, <laughs> uh, yeah, our, our buddy Brett is assuming that it's going to be that, that they just wanted to unveil three different platforms, and that's why mm, two isn't in there. I see. And then the Contra collection, uh, they've announced that it contains Contra, Super Contra, Super C, Contra 3, The Alien Wars, and then another four mystery games, which... I remember when the NES Classic came out, everyone was going, how come regular Contra's not on here? Mm-hmm. It, I think it comes with Super C, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, a lot of people were speculating maybe this is caused because some rights were tied up issues or something. So, I mean, it's here in this collection. So that doesn't appear to be the case. Uh, and then the last collection of games, um, which comes out April 18th, and it's it's $20. Mm-hmm. Uh, this includes Haunted Castle, Michael's <gasps> favorite game. Uh, Typhoon, uh, Ajax. Uh, Nemesis, which is Gradius. Uh, Vulcan Venture, which is known as Gradius 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, Life Force, which is known as... Sal- How come every one of these games has a different name in parentheses? Salamander, because those are the Japanese titles. Which one is the Japanese title? Life Force or Salamander? Salamander. But then, wait, Vulcan Venture <laughs> is listed... Gradius 3 is the North American title, Gradius right? Gradius 3. Gradius 3, as far as I know, never came out over here. I remember hearing about it like for the Famicom, and it had like uh, voice things that that uh like it were were specialized to some chip or something that konami was doing it might have been like the Either castlevania way, 3 these chip. are phenomenal collections yeah. for 20 yeah. bucks well and then sorry the really last three games good. on that collection thundercross scramble and twin b twin b yeah not so much scramble i can look i can enjoy some twin b i got mm. the 3d version of my 3ds when <laughs> they oh, first wow. announced those See, now, I thought that Twin B was the game that was brought to the U.S. as Stinger, but apparently they're different. Yeah, 
it's not fantasy zone or whatever. No, but but Twin B is uh, is not as much fun as I remember Stinger being. It looks like all of these collections, by the way, include a bonus ebook that has lots of information about the games, interviews with the dev staff, behind the scenes stuff. So it looks like they're doing these collections right. It's not mm-hmm. like a bare bones like here's yeah. a bunch of games. So. Yeah, and like on on any other platform that would seem like bullshit. But like if I'm on a plane and I'm playing these games, which is where I play most of these games. I would read a book about Haunted Castle, <laughs> which is Michael's favorite castle. Yeah, that, game. well, that's the only thing that I'd be interested in about Haunted Castle because that came, as I said earlier, deserves to be buried under a rock. What, what if, what if one of the four mystery Castlevania games is Haunted Castle and they just give it to us in both collections? Like, <laughs> how much of that piss people off? I don't know. It's, it's games in the internet. Everything's going to piss somebody off. I saw the second this was announced, like, should have had this. And, like, none of these games have ever been sold before. <laughs> yeah. This is a miracle. Tell them what you want and all that stuff. But, like, to be indignant, like, I understand what this is, but I'm still mad. Like, yeah. come on, man. I feel like that was a giant news segment. A lot of big news with GDC. But, guys, that is all the news that is fit to play. Woo! Well, let's move on to the community segment, which, as always, is... Segmenting the community! Yes, thank you, Matt. Last week's question of the week, as you might remember, was... What's your favorite landmark or monument that you've seen in a video game? Give us an example. Show your work. Um, We have some video answers. Do you want to just start with Gallatin Carhartt? Fuck yeah. Let's hear what he has to say. Afternoon, VGA. This is Gallatin Carhartt on a weekday. Not at work here on the farm, kind of pounding around, chilling a little bit. I am taking the day off from my other duties, and I am uh, celebrating my birthday by doing much of nothing. Paying the card tags, getting a little cake for myself. Uh, but hey, crypto's getting me to get into some therapy training, so I went and paid that bill, and I just tried to play blackout on Call of Duty like I'm some sort of 15-year-old kid. I don't exactly get it, but I'm trying. I did get a win, but I didn't do a single kill. I just let the other guys do it for me. Whatever. Anyways, answer to this question, this week's question of the week um, of uh, what game has songs that you have seen would like to see, etc. Now, I'm going to tell you there's going to be tons of Assassin's Creed 1 and 2 and 3 and 4 and others. They, and they do it beautifully. Full disclosure as a person who buys Ubisoft games. <laughs> anyway, Thank you for disclosing. By the way, you look like a Ubisoft okay, game so character so going in Garfield's classes. Division 2 character. Is that Disneyland game that came out for Xbox yeah. Disneyland Adventures! Uh, Yes, well, it's not exactly Disneyland to me. It's about as close as you can get to being at the place and getting the feelings, the getting the feels that you would get at being at Disney and getting the autographs. There's, there's Mickey just standing around, there's Cinderella, etc. That kind of, to me, that's a unique, different answer, and it's one I full wholeheartedly believe in. So anyways, Disneyland, that's about it. Happy birthday to me. Thanks, Skeleton Carhartt. I am kicking myself as a former Disneyland employee. Why didn't I think of the Disneyland Adventures game? A lot of you guys actually had the same response. And yes, 
absolutely. That is an amazing recreation of the park. Yeah, but that's it. It, it happened like I think six. It came out six months before Disneyland. Disney acquired Lucas stuff. So, um, I, like we streamed it on our YouTube channel. Me and uh, um, Matt J. You can still find over at Cartoons One Hundred One. And there's just like these big empty spaces where things they can't. Well, they don't want to. Nobody wants to talk about Captain EO now. <laughs> but that's what was happening. Yeah, in Disneyland full disclosure: at the time. you got the code for that from me. <laughs> no, I played it before that. Yeah, I know you'd played it before that, but the Xbox One X version. I think the reason a lot of people didn't play it is it was a Kinect game for the longest oh, no, time. No, it's and... one of the worst games that's ever existed. <laughs> but it's 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 an accurate version of being yeah. in Disneyland. Yeah, in like terms of one games, one. Mm-hmm. there's not much to it. It's go get your autograph book signed. I think it's on Game Pass now. So it is, it is part that, of Game yeah. Pass now. So like so like when I complain about Watch Dogs where like you can't go by the Laser Time Studios in San Francisco, uh, that's because they couldn't land the rights to everything and like wanted to condense the city for fun, whereas like in, in part of this game, you just walk past empty spaces because they didn't want to secure the rights to shit. That rarely happens in this game, though. Like, Dude, well, sorry. Tomorrowland, my favorite land, is just all empty. Well, I think it's because a, a lot is constantly changing in Tomorrowland. I think by that Tomorrowland time... Tomorrowland is mostly all empty right now. I mean, my big problem with that game is the rides are not the rides. They're They're not even like approximations of the rides they're not even trying to be the rides it's like here uh here's space mountain we're gonna make you fly through this weird spacescapes and collect coins and then that's it yep. and it's it's not fun if you want the, the ride experience go to youtube someone's probably uploaded oh love them the best level in that game is based on song of the south yeah i said it and they made it uh it just <laughs> just the way it is oh, yeah my. no but uh, in terms of a recreation of the park I actually love the attention to detail. Like, they even have, like, well, now this is probably gone with the new Star Wars land, but, like, Big Thunder Trail, which is, like, this kind of long-abandoned part of the park that would just stretch between Fantasyland and Frontierland and kind of runs next to Big Thunder Mountain. And you could even see, like, the leftovers of, like, the the minecart through nature's wonderland and all of that shit is recreated in the game. Like, the, the level of detail is, it was admirable. Um, and it is the best representation of Disneyland in any video game pretty fucked up like and that's what i loved about it because like when um when the world is caked over with dust and uh dinosaurs walk the earth again we'll still have this game to show you what disneyland was <laughs> that's true. there's like hidden mickeys in it and everything like Dang. shit that like is hyper accurate to being in the park yeah well uh first responder on vidgamepocalypse.com was Ark the lad barges the lave wow it's not laser time rules that's incredible who says I appreciated the Detroit of Detroit Become Human. Seeing the spirit of Detroit and the fist recreated in-game with lavish details was even better than Deus Ex Human Revolution's version of the city, where a lot of the buildings were unrecognizable. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting that they're both future versions of Detroit. Yes. Where's RoboCop? Where's where's the open world OCP owned Detroit of RoboCop? Mm-hmm. Where's Jason Momoa's brewery? Fuck this shit. <laughs> Is that a real thing? Does he have a brewery? I thought he opened a brewery in an, an abandoned auto factory. <laughs> what? Yeah, sorry. Like uh, maybe that's an obscure fact I got wrong. It's not a real brewery. It's just him like crouched over a single barrel of like. Uh, he, he bought, like, a, a plastic barrel uh, brew-your-own-beer kit. But, by the way, I get all my news <laughs> and it's dark and the and sponsored no content beneath other news articles. Ah, nice, nice. <laughs> that I don't click on. 
This game will make you forget your breakfast. Nice. Actual. This Jack Nicholson impersonator will tell you have bad credit. <laughs> Anyone over 60 needs to play this game. Ghost Baby says, My small town in the south of England is quite unremarkable, apart from appearing in Black Mirror's Vote for Waldo. So, I'll pick the Marseille Bowls as featured in Tony Hawk 2. Uh, the skate park has a legendary status among skateboarders and BMXers, uh, like in the movie Red. I never went in the past, and my health now means it's very unlikely I'll ever get to go. I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, the digital rendition matched every video of the place I had seen at the time, but more importantly, cruising around that stage on my Dreamcast was pure joy. There was a, actually a lot of Tony Hawk-related answers. A lot of people mm. love seeing the famous skate uh, landmarks recreated in those games. Mm. Hey, man, it's nuts. We had two friends of the show reply on Twitter. Celebrity responses, if Celebrity you Celebrity yeah. Well, by our standards, sure. But at uh, Tyler Nagata says, Onimusha 3's Eiffel Tower looks fantastic. They did a great job on the elevator that takes you to the top. <laughs> was it as good a job as Superman 2 that's what I really want to know mm, oh I remember that yeah that was like the whole beginning that's like the first 20 minutes of that movie uh. and Dan Amrick says a weirdly personal one uh, TCTD1 the Divish 1 mm-hmm. recreated the area around the uh, uh, f- what the Flatiron flat iron. oh the Flatiron in New York City the Daily Bugle building in the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies uh. Not to be confused with the interview with the Vampire Building in San Francisco. Sure. Um, and I worked nearby. I was able to go uh, to where the offices for Flux and Guitar World magazines were. My first real career full-time job. It was uh, j- a lot more emotional than I expected, says Dan. Oh, wow. Thank you, Danny. That's cool. Yeah, I had to look up. He just put TCTD1. I'm like, Tom Clancy's The Division. Well, I, I get it now, mm-hmm. but uh, only after a, a Google search away. Uh, well, at you old so-and-so says, The now decommissioned San Onofre nuclear power plant as featured in the San Diego course in Midway's California Speed. Anyone That is bizarrely specific. Anyone <laughs> driving between San Diego and L.A. has seen it, and it looks like a pair of gigantic concrete breasts. So oh, glad in one of the Naked Gun movies. Yes, I yes, was going to say that. Say, anyone yeah. who's seen Naked Gun one knows because yeah. everywhere I look, I'm reminded of her. <laughs> <laughs> There's a big giant set of concrete, Mister Burns tits. <laughs> so glad it's immortalized in game form. So the reason I included this one, I used to live in South Orange County, right near the San Onofre uh, power plant, and I would go surfing in the ocean waters right off that nuclear power plant, which, mm. by the way, made the ocean incredibly warm and uh, nice bet. to surf in. And so nice. this was a landmark I saw. On an almost daily basis during the summers of my youth. So, yeah, it is definitely a, a local favorite landmark and immortalized by that classic scene mm-hmm. in Naked Gun. Probably killed any sharks that wandered into its vicinity, too. So perfectly safe. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, or just gave the sharks like three heads. Mm, yeah. Twice, three times the bite. They're like chimera sharks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At Triskitable says, Assassin's Creed might as well be cheating, considering famous settings are half the appeal for some fans, but exploring the entirety of Alexandria and Origins was absolutely wonderful to me as a budding historian. It's such a beautifully done recreation of such a famous city. And you get to explore what they thought the library might have looked like. Okay. Which the Library of Alexandria was famously destroyed. Mm. I think I, Thanks, I, Romans. I think I destroyed it as Kratos. Probably uh, okay. in some game. Probably. 
Weather Shoe says uh, the U.S. the U.S. Bank Building. Who could forget? Oh, yeah. Uh, and GTA 5, the skyline won't, wouldn't be complete without the fixture towering over you with grace and majesty. The whole game brings out the beauty of the greatest city in the world. I am so congested. L.A., what's sight? So the reason I included this entry... Because you're from L.A. I'm an L.A. It. native, yes. <laughs> but um, that build. I mean, I'm sure in GTA they didn't call it the U.S. Bank building. I know that building, and most of you probably know that building from a scene, not from games, but from movies. That is the building in Independence Day. That has mm. the people partying on the rooftop. It's that big tall. That get blown away. Yeah. That's fucking hilarious. Yeah, it's it's the one. It's it's classic oh. in the L.A. skyline. It's that building that has like the the columns of light at night that go around it. Mm. You know, and so that's the building. Yeah, the aliens are hovering over, and is that that party and that like the friend of of Will Smith's wife is there, and she looks up like, "Yay, we welcome yeah. you!" Yeah. And just the, <laughs> the one that should be called Republican gif. <laughs> <laughs> Never welcome anyone. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So that is that building. Nice. Well, Dan Strothman from the official Laser Time Facebook community says, I've lived in Seattle most of my life, so climbing the Space Needle, yes, is an infamous second son fulfilled a lifelong fantasy of mine. I will say, uh, having gone up in the Space Needle when I was a child, uh, it is crazy windy on that observation deck, and it probably contributed to my lifelong fear of heights. Oh. So, um, yeah, it is interesting being able to be up there and getting like a, a certain sense of vertigo, because that is a very precarious-looking structure with a lot of things hanging under it, especially a, in Infamous. But a lovely restaurant. that I've, that, that There's oh, my, yes. my hot travel tip for Seattle. Sure. If you want to go right. to the top of the Space Needle, but don't want to pay just to go to the observation deck, just eat at the restaurant up there. Mm-hmm. They make an excellent $33 cheeseburger. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm you, sure you, you pay do. a premium on the meals, uh-huh. but it's a lovely view, and it's a rotating restaurant, so you get a mm. nice little view of Seattle. Nice, nice. Ryan Carlos says, uh, Kamurocho, or Kabukicho in real life, from the Yakuza series. More specifically, the theater district where the giant multi-store Sega arcade sits. I'm still in awe how accurate it is in real life. When I was there, I had to take a shit real bad, and I used the bathroom at that arcade, using the bidet and everything. Uh, when I play Yakuza and see that Sega arcade, I get reminded of what a great shitting experience I had. Yeah, what a nice. horrible shitting experience we all have now. Oh, you don't wash your asshole afterwards? Really? Every other country does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're savages. Okay, Mark Jones says, being a native New Yorker, I'm immediately judgmental at everything. But the recreation of Manhattan in Marvel's Spider-Man on the PS4 was so near perfect, I was amazed. I enjoyed swinging through the city and pointing out what was really on certain city blocks and just the amazement of the recreation of landmarks like Madison Square Garden, the Empire State Building, Trinity Church, and the bridges just shows how much effort they took in creating something so amazing. Yep. And the the righteous exclusion of Trump Town. Oh, yeah, that, that street corner is where I stepped in that bum turd. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, Stark Tower, Baxter mm-hmm. Building. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. could just choose from so many uh-huh. classic yep. New York landmarks. <laughs> All right, so new question of the week. Uh, building on this week's news, what is your take on streaming gaming the way that Google presented it? Is this something that you're excited for? Is it something you maybe have some experience with on live or uh, similar platforms, let us know. Go to vidgamapocalypse.com and answer in the comments under episode 308 or 
go to the official Laser Time community on Facebook. There'll be a thread there where you can answer, or you can hit us up on Twitter at VG Apocalypse. And yeah, we're, we're eager to, to, to hear your takes on this. Like, if this is something that you're looking forward to, if it's something uh, you're afraid of or that you hate, um, just feel free to sound off. Use us as a sounding board. Why not? Yeah. I mean, we've all talked about this ad nauseum. I will just close it with one further thought. I really don't like the idea of the same company having both my gaming habits and my internet search history mm-hmm. at their fingertips. Oh, yeah. Have you, uh, have you figured out myactivity.google.com yet? No. Somebody pointed that oh. out, uh, which stores not only every site that you've visited and all your searches, but also apparently all your Alexa searches. Somebody said, like, oh, my God, they've got, like, audio of me yelling at my boyfriend from when I was 16. <laughs> What? And uh like yeah. their Alexa picked it up? Yeah, their Alexa oh picked gosh. it up. So uh yeah, I immediately went and looked at that and it's like delete and then it's like, Are you sure you want to delete this? What about your personalized shopping experience? I'm like, delete delete forever. <laughs> delete for We might not be able to recommend Nazi videos to you correctly on YouTube. Delete in <laughs> I might not be able to tell you on Facebook. Are you a guy with a beard who works at Ubisoft, who does a podcast and doesn't take no jive? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a perfect t-shirt for you. Were you born on a Wednesday in July? <laughs> Never underestimate a 40-year-old who doesn't give a shit about how he dresses. <laughs> Who's a Capricorn? <laughs> Never yeah. underestimate a gamer with a negative self-image. Yeah. Can you just opt me out of, of all that bullshit and go ahead and opt my firstborn child out of that. Opt every my entire bloodline for future mm-hmm. generations. Just opt us out of that bullshit. Alright? Oh, we'll do our own shopping. Mm-hmm. I, I, no one else is not many other people are in my position because I think privacy is incredibly important. But I've been airing my dirty laundry on podcasts for 11 years. I have plenty of dirt against me. I don't have anything to hide from. I don't care if there's a cheaper option to get games um yeah i'll take it yeah especially one that especially one that like doesn't require me to buy a set top box for my television Mm -hmm. uh i'd really really like that i i'm fully behind this and but it doesn't matter what you think of it uh if third party video game developers make more money this way this is the way the industry will go Mm -hmm. well i'm i'm just kind of the opinion like i could see my, like I'll, I'll get this right off the bat unless the the fee is something exorbitant knowing google they'll probably charge like eh, it's like two bucks a month for access to this whatever um mm-hmm. like with google drive but um yeah I, I could totally see this so being something i start out being leery of but like just like downloading instead of buying discs it'll eventually just be like yeah this is so much more convenient i don't give a shit anymore i'll just do this from now on i hear about the d- the dumb news about um the b- the beautiful new show uh love death and robots hmm. no no that uh netflix presents the since it's it's an anthology show so there's no order to watch them in so netflix presents them to you in order that they think you'll like and everyone's trying to figure out why did you decide this for me? Mm, weird. And and the speculation immediately became like, this is because of my sexuality. You are guessing my sexuality through my use of Netflix. And uh, Netflix is now on the defensive, like, no, none of that stuff. Sorry. Oh, we should have done it. But like, that's the kind of creepy shit you get. 
Mm. Uh, with the streaming services, like if you didn't know that, like those those thumbnails you get on Netflix are based on things they think you like. If you see a Parks and Rec thing, and like, mm-hmm. uh, why is uh, why is Jerry in there? Because like it thinks you're a Jerry. <laughs> Oh, trust me. I know this. As a guy whose kids regularly access his Netflix account under his profile, which clearly says my name, but they can't read my name, Mm -hmm. uh, I don't want to watch My Little Pony Friendship is Magic again, okay? Yes, you do. I'm fine. Yes, you do. No, I don't. Uh, Yeah, I I just... I'm I'm just annoyed at the, the recommendation algorithm right now because I think I was looking for... I remembered reading about, like, an old, like, early 1980s flight simulator that was developed by uh, a Sierra developer that was like an RC uh, flight simulator and the the feature of the game, not bug but feature, was that if you crashed your plane, it would crash the game or possibly also uh, erase the game <laughs> disc because it's like, no, it's like you just crashed an airplane now, now you have to get a new one. You have to get a black box out of your PC. Yeah, and that, that was like, yeah, happened. consumers immediately revolted and uh, yeah, they, they moved away from that pretty quickly, but I could not find anything on it online. Instead, it just kept telling me like, oh, this is the history of flight simulators, the commercial cockpits that you can use. I'm like, no, I don't want any of this. And now... <laughs> All of my Google ad, all, all of my YouTube ads are just like <laughs> exciting pilot school. Like, god damn it, no! Oh my god, you got you got the most boring algorithm <laughs> yeah. barraged at you. Oh man, you sort of are that demographic. I hate to tell you, man. I'm not. I'm not into pilot school, man. It's gonna. What, I don't want those rigs called for PC. Like the guys that really go like hardcore into the flight sim thing. They call there's a there's a name for it. Like Virgin Pods. No. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that funny? <laughs> mom's basement. It's yes, called Mom's it's basement. Called mom's basement. <laughs> <laughs> no uh, man. There's a name. It's there's a name. Womb 2.0. I, I don't know. None of apparently none of us own these things. But mm. there is like a name for when you had like the serious pilot set up for for your Microsoft Flight Simulator game. Oh yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, no, I've seen people who build that. So, but it wasn't even like throwing like my, it was it, yeah, it was throwing Microsoft Flight Simulator at me as like the only result. And it's like, oh no, uh, Apple too? Did you mean uh, the the game, the Flight Simulator two that was a prequel, to, uh, precursor to Microsoft Flight Simulator? And like, yeah, it's just what's going on with Flight Simulator? When was the last one released? Uh, a long time ago. I know this because my dad is into this stuff, and I bought him uh, a copy of it, and then I got him like X Plane, which is the most recent flight simulator, like you know, released in 2012 or something. You've like got that. some X Plane to do, Michael. I do, I do. Second time I've used that mm-hmm. pun tonight. Yeah. Good tonight. I wish Good you, work. Wish you were dead. <laughs> this is why Chris pays you the big bucks. <laughs> Nobody's paid the big bucks for podcasting, baby. <laughs> oh jeez. Hmm. All right. Did we get it all out? Are we done? I guess so. Um, yeah, that's been our show. Let's do some plugs. Uh, Chris, what do you got? God damn it! Uh, this week, this week was pretty nuts in terms of a. Uh, a couple of uh, friends of mine watched the Leaving Neverland documentary, oh, yeah. and um, we had some thoughts on that. On Laser Time, it's all about the Simpsons pulling Stark Raving Dad, the Michael Jackson episode, from right. airing. Mm-hmm. And we don't get into the details of the documentary. On Bonus Time this week on Patreon.com slash Laser Time, where you can get a bunch of free shows and over 100 full-length commentaries and new exclusive programs coming soon. We do go into a little bit more detail. I'm a little shocked by how many people are yelling at us like, you don't know. Like, 
you, you really <laughs> never mind never mind you're going, but to, like, you're going uh, to bat for this guy yeah but 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 never mind no matter how you feel uh we wanted to keep laser time light bonus time is a little harsher but if you don't want to deal with either we unlocked um the patreon episode uh, on, on our on matt and i's reviews of uh captain marvel for free for everyone so you have an alternative uh to check out the stuff we have going on on patreon with a special guest by the way uh cicero um uh stubby staying on twitter host on a uh, host of spawn on me among other things and oh and the, what is it discovery podcast yeah he does he does a star trek podcast and star then, trek discovery and then, po- yes. he was so fucking great it was uh, Cic- so Cicero great Holmes to is a, he's Marvel. amazing yeah can't wait to get him on vga he was he was hmm. very good and uh so if you don't want to listen to any michael jackson stuff or uh recoil at the idea of societally approved pedophilia boom captain marvel baby we can, t- can hear that that would that would have been a patreon exclusive except i thought i i don't like uncomfortable subject matter uh at all but it was just something i really wanted to talk about so i understand if this week is weird for people and again it's my opinion it's not something it's 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 something i'm making a decision on uh not that everyone should have to make the same decision and I, i'm fucking why am I responding to trolls on this show during my plug? That's a good question. <laughs> Thirty twenty ten is also out this week and delicious. And man, eventually it's time to talk about the Matrix. And I'm, I'm as soon as I'm done with this, I'm going to go watch another Matrix Matrix thing. I can barely breathe. <laughs> my my throat and nose are so clogged. Uh, sorry if I sound weird. All right, uh, but yeah, uh, if you want to go check out uh, the Captain Marvel quasi review that chris cicero and i did that is now available on the free feed go listen to me rip apart a movie that i apparently enjoyed uh but still had some had some i what i think are fair criticisms of but uh love captain marvel there there's your spoiler for the podcast it was it was a great movie but you know we talk about that the reason we brought on cicero is he's kind of he's a comics expert and so he was able to give some of that context that chris and i maybe didn't have about the character and so it was great uh yeah that is available you know, on the free laser time feed, but we really do love it. If you would go to patreoncom slash laser time and subscribe at the $5 or more level a month. And then you get yeah, the access to stuff to like that all the time. Spoiler casts and exclusive shows for you guys, a spoiler cast for games that, uh, Matt, Michael and I can do. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We keep talking every time a game comes out that is kind of story heavy. We're like, man, we should, we should do another spoiler cast. Yeah, we, really we just need to more. all coordinate on a single yeah, game. I know. I know. And do it. But when you said Chris and Cicero, I, my mind immediately went Chrisero and now I officially ship you two. So <laughs> make that happen. Make yeah. my, f- uh, fan and head cannon happen. Cicero, which goes by the Baron of Bourbon, which is a way Ooh, cooler name God than damn. any of us could ever come up with. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I hereby curse you, Michael. You cannot sleep until you draw this image yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it's just going to be two stick figures. Fucking man. I'm not putting effort into this. That's fine. You'd be surprised at what I get hard at. <laughs> right now, I'm looking at a cat scratching pole next to a Flight of the Navigator poster, and I'm oh, I'm about to explode. <laughs> Yuck. Wow. Uh, <laughs> yes, vomit emoji. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> why, why not wash that image out of your head by going to Twitter and uh, following me at Maddie C. Allen because my tweets are wholesome. 
Uh, or you can follow uh, Video Game Apocalypse on Twitter at VG Apocalypse for more wholesome tweets, also by Maddie Allen. Or you can follow me at Wikiparas for stupid tweets, where I say things like uh, "Growl like a crocodile, honk like a goose" is my boxing mantra, and it gets 160 likes for some reason. <laughs> All right, well, anyway, that's been our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Thinking of like corrupted landscape paintings now, just James <laughs> graffiti all over them. Uh huh. Oh man, this Fragonard really went to shit ever since Trump moved in. <laughs> uh, all right, <clears throat> Fragnard is that like an old frog gamer who only likes old rule sets? <laughs> He's an old landscape painter that I just thought. Of. <laughs> I prefer landscape rule set one over two or three. You know who else painted landscapes? Hitler. <laughs>